going on everybody pizza minetti here and of course to my left or right whatever the hell it's going to look like on your screen <laughs> the one the only francis lee hopefully you guys have started to follow by the way <laughs> yes oh yeah that's a fact i've definitely uh seen my followers increase over the last week so shouts out to you guys who've been following or whatever i guess there's a lot of people that's out there just they're afraid they don't know they don't know if Simonetti's gonna come after them they know you might have three of them poppy they ain't wet they hey, ain't. <laughs> hey come on man hey they look. trying to get you know caught up so yeah definitely people have been following me shouts out to you guys man folks this is this is take number two we literally just recorded <laughs> for i feel like it was like 20 plus minutes straight but uh we drop in yep. take number two hopefully we don't got to do three we don't we don't want to do three of them yeah I mean, it's different. The rings are different than just taking takes, okay? Exactly. But um, <laughs> let's let's jump right into it. Um, yes, sir. Last night, we know the green behind me, folks, is the money from Garrett Cole. We saw what we got. We're excited about that. We're happy about that. First, we're going to start off, though, talking about the series before, which was the Seattle Mariner series. The Yankees went out there. They did their thing. They went two of three. The last game, yeah, it was it was a bit rocky, but let's not forget how good the offense looked against Seattle. Yeah. Um, I was super. I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, pretend I wasn't happy with the way that the offense performed in the first two games of the series. Honestly, I mean, I was pleasantly, you know, surprised that it, all it took was us taking a trip out to Seattle for the offense to like wake up, um, and you know, play a decent amount of first inning runs and put pitching opposing pitchers in compromising situations early on and basically knocking them out of the game, you know, with, you know, pretty early, which I think was, you know, it not was, it is the game plan when you're going into, you know, whatever series, like hopefully you get to a team's bullpen, you know, pretty early on and then they have to figure out things and it makes it harder on them. And that's what the Yankees did in those first two games. Uh, first inning, they put Sheffield uh, in game one, they put them in a tough situation uh, where you just saw things like snowballing and getting out of hand. And then same thing, game two, Kikuchi, who's who's been having a pretty decent year, um, and they were able to put him in some in some difficult situations early on and, and you know, ultimately, like, take him out of the game. Um, and then game two was – game two was rough because it was, like, it was going not, – not rough, but, like, I'm saying, like, it was it was a lot – the Yankees were coasting for a lot longer than it seemed like. Right. But then when that, that three run home run, you know, gets hit Herman ends up coming in, which that was a little weird. Very um, weird. You know, that just, was the very whole situation weird. with Herman was just a little weird. I remember us talking about in the group chat, like, well, I mean, if he, if he was good enough to pitch in the third inning or whatever it is that he came, like, why not just start him? Like, right. I, I don't know, but whatever. All they say, like they say, all's well that ends well in my mind. It's like, yes, just don't do that shit again, boom. <laughs> but yeah, that he came in. He was, he was actually decent. Uh, Herman actually had some pretty decent stuff. He gave up that that big home run, um, but 
yes, like stuff wise, he he was he was pretty decent. And yeah, the good series, the Yankees went to Seattle and took care of business the way they were supposed to for once. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's what we were expecting, right? I mean, I mean, yes, yeah, a sweep is wonderful, but this team needs oh, yeah. to win series. You know, we we know that yeah. going in, we know that going forward, so that doesn't really change. Um, but you're right, man. The offense looked good. We saw in the highlights here that um that I have on the screen now. Um, you know, Stanton hitting the big homer. But the offense was just teeing off on Sheffield. They were teeing off Kikuchi. It was just a lot of big hits back and forth. Playing good ball all around. But for me, the standout performance of uh, the Mariners series got to be the start of Jamison Tyone, who also starts today against the Houston Astros. But Tyone was so good that start. It's the best he looked all year. Curveball in the dirt, change up low, fastball mid waist high. When he went up, he went up properly. He went a little bit above around the hands area. Guys were chasing. But again, he was changing levels so well. And that's what you want to see from a guy like Jamison Tyone is that he is changing those levels up because, you know, he's 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 middle of that, you know, the mid nineties around there is where he's working with the fastball. And a lot of his stuff has been up. And that's been his downfall this year, is that there's no real difference in eye levels. He's throwing everything around the waist and curveball, yeah. changeup, cutter. Everything you see from him is kind of the same look, and and that's mm-hmm. why teams are able to tee off. Even if they're not teeing off, they're gonna hit a big homer every now and then off him, or something is gonna get hit. And then overall command hasn't been extremely well either. So as you see him pitch here in these highlights, you could just see the difference of uh, in this start compared to previous starts, and with. All the hope, we we got to believe in this guy going forward. We just have to because it's unfair to him that he was brought here. You know, nobody expected, I don't even think Cashman and, and Fishman and <laughs> whoever these guys are brought this guy over here to be like, hey, he fits in right there behind Cole. They know where potential is. Everybody knows where potential lies with, with Jameson Tyone, but you got to have realistic expectations and this guy going forward is absolutely huge for the Yankees. I don't think anybody can can talk any lower than that when it comes to Tyone. No, it's a, it's it's definitely a, a fact. He's definitely a part of the plans for the team in the foreseeable future. Um, and yeah, his success is going to be our success, obviously. But yeah, we're going to have to go through some growing pains as he figures it out. But like you mentioned, what what helped him uh, to be successful in in, in that game in, with Seattle is. Just making sure that you know he was his in his sequence thing. He was he was throwing pitches where where they should go basically. So, you know, knowing like you said, knowing the kind of fastball he has, that's got to be placed in the right part of the zone. If not, you're gonna get hammered. Uh, your breaking pitches, your, your off speed stuff, the change up, and all that, all that stuff has got to be placed strategically in the lower end of the zone. If you're putting that, you know, belt high, you're eventually gonna get hit. You might get away with it. A couple, you know, first inning, second inning, right. teams may not be expecting that. They're like, ah, you know, first couple of innings, the pitch is probably going to locate a little bit better. It'll be a little bit sharper, and then maybe we'll catch a mistake here, you know, you know, here in the third or fourth or whatever. But with Tyone, I feel like this so far this this season, like teams are like hunting early on. They're just hunting for, excuse me, a mistake in like you know in the zone because he right. just stays in that same part of the zone normally. For, like right from the start of the game, he's throwing a fastball, he's throwing a changeup, he's throwing a, a curveball, but all of it is staying pretty much in the same area. And 
it's just not good. Not from not against major league hitters. Eventually they're going to catch on and they're going to do some damage. But in Seattle, he was able to figure it out. I guess he's finally getting comfortable with these with these new arm slides, which is uh, right. encouraging. And another thing that was encouraging was the fact that this start was on the road, which which is where he had his the most trouble this season. Like the, the worst part of his ERA was his road ERA. And so him being able to, you know, go to Seattle and get that was pretty big. I'm sure that does a lot for his confidence. And I'm looking forward to him building on that today in the series finale against Houston. No question about it. And on the screen um, that you guys will see if you if you actually go ahead and watch this pod on YouTube to see the video of, of what we have on the screen here. I got to pause for a second because I want to play this. And this is exactly what I'm talking about, uh, about Jamison Tyne and what we're both saying here. If you look at this sequence, I believe this was, and look at that change. That changeup is low on the outside corner against Sager, gets him swinging over the top of it. That's a beautiful pitch. You don't you don't get a much better changeup than that right there. And here's another one. Uh, this is actually right there. Look at that changeup. Down and low, it stays away. So that is just so important for Tyone to, con- to continue to do. If he is able to locate low, you're looking at a very, very different pitcher. You're looking at a very, very different pitcher going forward for this club. And I, again, I just I just can't say how valuable and how important that is to this club going forward because Team NY News, of course, will have you guys covered with a roundtable coming up here soon during the, the whole All-Star festivities. We'll have our own little All-Star festivity together. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll talk a lot about, about, you know, about guys going forward that, that really need to step up or Who's the most important type guy going forward for the Yankees uh, rotation um, in the lineup? And, you know, Tyone's just one of those names that automatically jump out just because mm-hmm. we don't know what trade is going to be made. We don't know if the Yankees do anything. I mean, we right now, we don't know anything whatsoever, right? We, there's no trade that's been made besides the minor ones that we've, that we've made. But when it comes to the pitching front, everybody knows the Yankees need more pitching. We know that. You know, we all understand that. Tyone pitching well would be key. Oh yeah. Um, for sure. I mean, listen, I, I, every, it's great. It it baffles me that every year the Yankees somehow find themselves in the same situation at the deadline where it's just like, Oh, what starting pitcher is out there? What starting pitcher can they trade for or whatever? But yeah, they're, they're always kind of in that situation, but I feel like with, you know, a guy like Tyone in the fold, right. And Severino coming back. I mean, they, they, for once, at least in my mind, they could actually, it's not necessarily that they need to get two starting pitchers like at the deadline to be able to go where they need to go. That's right. I mean, with the emergence of Nestor Cortez and like we said, the ace, the ace, Nestor the ace. And and Seve and all these, if they got one other guy, right? Like that, that would make, that would make a big difference. So yeah, I mean, looking forward, looking forward to that. Um, to seeing what they do, especially you know at the deadline, I think it's uh it's gonna be an interesting deadline for a lot Ooh, of teams. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. interesting. But yeah, like Intriguing. you said, performances like this with Tyone kind of encourage you to say like, hey, we might not be that far off. No, and and in and, terms of like what what we ha- I'm not talking about record and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, Record wise, we're far off. Yeah. But I mean, like when you when you're looking at overall stuff, roster construct, whatever, like correct in terms of rotation. Right. It's not as bad as in past years, believe it or not, where like we had to make a trade at the deadline for two arms because it was just like, oh, we got nothing. Right. No, you're 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 100 percent right. It's the Yankees have the talent. 
You know, that that's undeniable. And mm-hmm. you also got to remember, too, you know, Severino's coming back. And, and again, folks, you guys know I've said this for the longest time. You can't depend on hopefuls. Not not as the Yankees. The Yankees should not ever say, well, we're hopeful this guy comes back or we're looking forward to this guy coming back because that's going to improve the rotation or whatnot. Can't really do that because what you got to see it as is they're, they're coming back and we'll see what they'll fit, right? You got Kluber also coming back. So let's not forget that. Kluber looked well. He looked strong. He looked yeah. decent. He looked very good for the Yankees through, through the we have another year. And, we have another year with him, I think. Do we have another year with Kluber? I think there's an option, I think, for a second. It's something. Oh, okay. Option or he has an option for next year. Either way, though, I do expect him to be, like, on the Yankees next season. There's, there's definitely potential there um, for him yeah. to for him to return, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got guys coming back. We know that. So there, there's definitely potential uh, for this club's rotation. That's why That's why I think it, it, it's, it's funny in a sense because – we're going to get into project a projected roster that's been thrown out there. And we'll get to that shortly. Of course, we got we got the big highlights still to talk about. But we'll get to that. But one of the, the great things about this team is us as fans, we've seen it. And we've said, man, they just have a few. You said it before. I think you used the word retooling. There, mm-hmm. There's just a retooling that needs to be done to move this team forward. Because they're getting the help right now from guys you didn't expect it. Like a Nestor Cortez who yeah. I have deemed as the king of New York. <laughs> he's the king of New York. I mean, Forget DeGrom. DeGrom's good, but he's not Nestor, okay? Hey, Everybody knows ERA this. Lowest in the city. Lowest, lowest ERA, ERA in the city. city. <laughs> who do you think started the flood and, and the storm? Come that on. was all Nestor. Come on. That was all Nestor. <laughs> Nestor was just putting some work in to say, folks, look, this is my city. We run by my rule. <laughs> That's all it was. It was all Nestor and the mustache. That's it. It's all it's all nasty Nestor. But um but I uh, know that that's a good story too. Um Nestor had a very solid performance against the Astros. I really want him to get the W though, but you know, we don't we don't get yeah. everything we wish for. So but, It's true. That was a that was a weird situation the way like the numbers and stats play out in that game cuz I think the W went to Licky who pitched like what? An inning and a third or something. Or some some yeah. crazy thing like that. Like he pitched a, like a, a third of an inning more than Loasaga in, a, in right. a sense and ends up with the win. Yeah. Whereas the, like Nestor had pitched more innings than anyone. And then even if you go like after that, like Chad pitched two innings and like, it's weird how that, that stat works out, which is why like baseball's kind of got to get their stuff together with things like that. Well, yeah, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because um, uh, you know, obviously right now all the talk around the Yankees analytics and stuff like that. That's actually one stat that analytics I actually agree with. That isn't that important. If yeah, you ask wins. me, because yeah. again, a lot of times you'll have starts like that and you're like, is, is that's really, in, in my opinion, that's, I mean, that's, that's ne- ne- Nestor won that game. You know what I mean? That's, that's oh, like yeah. Nestor's win. Everybody knows yeah. that. So th- there's certain stats that it, it's a, it's a strange thing. And, um, we're gonna, you know, I want to, I want to get the cold, but a lot of times you bring these things up, things pop in your mind. And, and I, and yeah. I, you know, I, I love the, I love to bring up um, conversation about it. Analytics are good. Don't get me wrong. Analytics are good. We should have an idea of analytics. We should have a strong analytical department that helps us base decisions, right? Based off statistics, sure. maybe especially how a guy may perform or is underperforming, but actually doing a little better that you could find steals that way. A lot of times and Brian oh, yeah. Cashman and team have done that. So I give them credit on that front. 
But win-loss is one of those records where I agree with the nerds where they're like, that's just something you don't pay attention to. Yeah, one of the, yeah that, that to me is like, come on, we, we've seen guys on some really bad teams pitch really good years and have losing records. And we're like, yeah, that's we've seen DeGrom for how many years now? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, with, that, that's one right there. With the, no, with no, he can't win enough. Like, and the funny thing is that you have to listen to like analysts on MLB Network mm-hmm. and things like ESPN talking about, oh, like we don't know if he's going to win the Cy Young. I mean, he, he just oh, hasn't please. won enough games. Like he hasn't won enough game. Like he's the best pitcher in the game. You, in the game, yeah, he doesn't have enough wins. Like who cares? Like nobody can pitch like this guy. His ERA right. is microscopic. Right. Like his team can't score runs. Yeah, That's and the I mean, problem. and the way and the way the game is played now, nobody's getting three hundred wins. No, that's no, not gonna happen. Yeah, that's yeah no, gonna nobody's happen. doing stuff like that, that anymore. You, you, and if you do, wow, you know, hats off to that guy. Whoever does that yeah, now, wow, hats off to you. Because it, it, it's going to be very, 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 very difficult because guys just don't stay in that long. You know, you got guys coming out of games now where they have what's called stressful innings mm-hmm. where, you know, they may throw high leverage 30, 25 pitches, 30 pitches. And right there, you're automatically thinking the stress level on his arm is higher. He's mm-hmm. going to get tired quicker. We want to get him out this game as soon as we can. And guys, you know, lose losses that way. We see Nestor coming out of game with four and two third innings. He needs just one more out. And he's out of there. He pitched a great game, but he doesn't yep. pick up the W. Even though yeah. us as fans, we, we're giving him the W. We're saying, yeah, next star. Oh, yeah, see him. Sure. We want him back out there. Yeah. But stats like that don't matter. A stat that does matter, because I saw an argument on Twitter. And, you know, I'm going to shout out my, my friends over at Ball9, who are a bunch of really good guys. If Kevin Kernan is over there. Mm. Um, just just a, a bunch of good, smart baseball men are over there. Um, talking baseball, doing some really great things. And if you guys never read anything from Kevin Kernan, you are seriously missing out. Great, great stuff. But um, they, 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 Kevin Kernan didn't really, he brought it up a little bit in an article, but talking about batting average, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people who follow analytics think batting average doesn't matter. And, and that to me is where you got that seriously bad divide right now with analytics. And I guess you just say the, the old school ball. And I yeah. talked about old school ball yesterday because analytics tells you, you get Cole out that game. Oh, Cole, yeah. Cole doesn't go no more. No, no pitchers oh, yeah. going 120 plus pitches. Everybody knows that Cole's out of that game. You go to some a fresh arm and how whatever yeah. the binder or whatever the numbers tell you, you go for whatever Fishman tells you for the Yankees. Uh, you go that route. He throws he throws his line in the water and, and hopes something pops out. Um, but <laughs> batting average matters to me. Batting average matters to me. You can't sit there and tell me, um, you know, like, uh, you know what? I actually wanted to add this to the podcast, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, so anyway, if anybody is on NYY News' TikTok, so I'm new to TikTok, never did TikTok before, but we are really trying to expand the base here, right? And the first one of the first videos I saw when I went on TikTok, because I put like, you know, I'm interested in sports and baseball and all that. And I looked up the Yankees just to see, you know, who's hot on the Yankee side of things on TikTok. And there's not much out there, but there's one guy out there, Michael something, who's verified as like a 1.1 million um, followers. And and guys, I'm going to get to Cole again. Um, th- this is just something I know I wanted to talk about. And I want to talk about while it's fresh. Mm-hmm. Um this is a really good topic. So this this might go on for a little while for me and you here. Um, I'm happy I just thought about this because I definitely want to get somebody else's opinion on it. 
So the video was made, and the video starts off with Derek Jeter is the most overrated athlete of all time. Not even baseball player. Athlete. Athlete of all time, okay? So one of the stats this person brings up is that Derek Jeter played for a long time, and he consistently hit, which made him have a high average. The way he sounds, though, it sounds like he shouldn't have done that. That's not good. He doesn't hit for a lot of power. He also doesn't walk a lot. So that's why some of those analytical numbers doesn't put him up there with the elites of the elites of the elites of the world. Mm -hmm. And then he also says, in the postseason, he played a lot. And he kind of did the same thing he did in the regular season, which is hit. So is he not supposed to hit? Was he? Should he have laid back and put his feet up? Then they also obviously talk about the I think is what is it um defensive run DR, DRS defensive run saved, mm-hmm. which basically says Jeter's the worst defender like of all time. But <laughs> that's also a stat that I think came out like in year number nine of Jeter's career, yeah. so it came out later anyway. Um, and I'm not even defending that. We all know Jeter wasn't the best defensive shortstop in the planet, and everybody knows that. Jeter yeah. made the routine plays, and they even say, well, uh, when he made that jump throw play, every other shortstop makes that on the regular. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, you know, I mean, like, I, I hear these things, and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> so my argument didn't go viral, but it got, it got like, the, I think the most views we got on the page, got like seven, 8,000 views, a bunch of, like, mm. 20 shares, hundreds of comments, and baseball conversation, and most of the people I noticed, and I think this is where Kevin Kernan and guys like this who are trying to fight this battle, not really fight the battle, but understand there's another side of baseball than is new age terminology, right? There's another side yeah. of the sport still. And it is the seeing eye. It's, it's analytics doesn't measure leadership. Analytics mm-hmm. doesn't measure impact, in my opinion, on what you have on your overall aspect of your club. Mm-hmm. Derek Jeter meant a lot to baseball because at the end of the video, the guy says, well, I'm not saying Derek Jeter isn't a great ambassador to baseball. Um, yeah, he is. He's that's exactly what a lot of people are talking about. It's it goes more than stats. Yeah. To say Derek Jeter is the most overrated athlete of all time, you are absolutely insane. And yeah. you have to have your baseball IQ or sports IQ tested on that. When a lot of the people oh, yeah. in the comments, this is what I was trying to get at before I ran off on, on something else, are young kids who probably never seen Jeter play. The majority and of them never saw Jeter. All play. they use is certain analytical numbers that just say yep. he's not superior to a guy like a Barry Larkin. And I'm like, Barry Larkin was a great hitter. He had an injury prone career. He was a really good ball player. Barry yeah. Larkin was not Derek Jeter. No Hell matter no. how you want to see the numbers, Barry Larkin Ozzie Smith. He'll tell I you him. himself. That's he what said, I said. I, I wasn't I wasn't Jeter. <laughs> that's what I wrote. I actually said that I want. I said Ozzie Smith himself would tell you he was not Derek Jeter. Come on. Ozzie Smith didn't hit. You guys are talking about hits, and then you're saying, well, Ozzie Smith. No, he's a, he was a wizard in the field. That's it. Yeah, it's facts. Defensive defensive guy. Yeah. He was one of the greatest defenders of all time, but <clears throat> no, he's not Derek Jeter. So I just wanted to get your take on that and your oh, side yeah. of the whole thing because we all know what Jeter's done. Me and you have watched yeah. it. We saw Derek Jeter at his best. We saw him at yeah. his worst. So we've seen it all when it comes to Derek Jeter. What's your opinion yeah. on, on that idiotic, I, I must say, I think. <laughs> I think I think it's 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 exactly what you said. I mean, the the thing here between uh, you know with us versus the younger people is that we we saw it. And at the end of the day, is like there's nothing that can compare to what you what you saw with your own eyes. So like when I listen to people, I mean, and I get it. It's become 
I don't know, like it's it's fodder. It's like the it's a cool thing to say among, you know, other fan bases or whatever. Or this is this is one of those things that people like to say that they feel like makes them look like they're knowledgeable on the sport of baseball. Like, oh, you know, actually Derek Jeter's pretty overrated. It's like if you look at this and that's like, yeah, yeah, shut the hell up. Like, first of all, <laughs> I will never think that you look knowledgeable about baseball saying that you think Jeter is overrated. I'm sorry, that's just not gonna happen. Right. It's not just because I'm a, it's not because I'm a Yankee fan, but it's just because the guy was Derek friggin Jeter. Like this, this guy is one of the greatest Yankees of all time. And to say that you're one of the greatest Yankees of all time, when that is the greatest franchise that this sport has ever seen. And you were a part of this franchise and will go down in history as one of the greatest to ever wear that franchise's uniform. It's like, come on, what are we talking about here? If it, it would have been the same if, if, if Jeter played like somewhere else, what like I give, I talk about Jeter and I, I give that kind of respect to a, a, a couple different people. It's like, if somebody would have told me, ah, oh, you know, David, you know, David Ortiz wasn't that really, wasn't that really much of a big deal. You know, he, he, he wasn't that imposing in the best. It's like, what, did you watch him? Did you see right. him? Like, exactly. I would never let somebody do that. And I'm not, and I'm, I'm, I'm a Yankee fan. And David right. Ortiz was, was a part of the Red Sox. Him and, him so and, him and Manny were the scariest at bats. They were the yeah, scariest at bats yeah, in exactly. the world. It's like, I'm, I can't pretend like that didn't exist. So I don't understand why when it comes to Jeter, it's become popular yeah. to say like, ah, oh, yeah, he, but he wasn't all that, right? It's but serious, but he didn't, it wasn't that good. It's and yeah, oh, he had 3,000, whatever hit, but, it, but they were all singles. It's like, yeah, you know what? You know what? That's, that's the issue in today's game is that it's either home run, a walk or a strikeout. Yep. Uh, there's no, there's nobody who's saying, well, maybe if I just get on base Bingo. or when there's a runner on second, Hey, maybe I don't got to put the ball in the seats. Maybe I do just got to slap a single to right field Bingo. and bring that run in. Bingo. See, that's what Jeter did better than damn near anyone else was doing at the time that he was playing was just putting the damn ball in play, especially when he needed to. This guy, valuable. like there's no, there's, there's no uh, real way to quantify the clutch that we're talking about when we talk about Jeter, like right. there's stats that tell you like, yes, you know, with runners in scoring position or how he played in the playoffs and things like that. That's fine. Like if you younger kids from today want to go back and look at these numbers or watch highlights, but I'm telling you, you will never understand it the way people, guys like Pete and I understand it because we were those kids watching the game, seeing a runner on second, it's late in the game and Jeter steps up and we knew Something's going to happen. Like we yeah. knew, and that was, okay, Jeter's about to bring him in. He's about to, and he, more often than not, he did. And to yeah. me, that's not quantifiable between you and your little laptop and looking at defensive run saves and, and, and UZR and all this shit. Like, shut up. Like, you can't, you, like, you stop trying to get stat statistic me to death when I saw this man with my own eyes and I saw that he was great. Like, I saw that he was a warrior. I saw that he fought in those series against the Red Sox. I guess, I mean, this, this Derek Jeter was the, the epitome of what it meant to be a New York Yankee, man. This guy, would, there was no pushing him around. There was no nothing. And I'm not even going to, yeah, I could go on for days about how one of my biggest issues with the team we field in 2021 is that we don't have that Jeter guy yep. or whatever. But it's, it's, it's not so much because of the stats. Oh, like we don't have that guy who hits the singles and stuff like that. But that is part of it because I do think we need that guy. But it's more Definitely. so what you said, done the intangibles, the, the leadership, right? Just the vibe, the way that he carried himself, the way that he presented himself in that locker room, the way that he spoke, the way that he held his, his teammates accountable. Like, you're not going to find that in the stat oh, sheet, bro. Not so at all. 
there's no nerd in the world that's going to be able to tell me like, yeah, nah, you know, because when you really deep take a deep dive into the numbers, it's like, bro, take a deep dive into your bed and don't wake up. Like, <laughs> like go to sleep. It's like, you're going too hard. Take like, a deep dive in the middle of the Atlantic. Hard. Come on. They're looking for stats to deny Derek Jeter's greatness at this point. And to me, maybe that maybe there's no clearer sign of how great he is than the fact that people will go to the ends of the earth to try to prove that he wasn't. To try to discredit them. That's right. It's it's funny because, yeah. you know, when you hear stuff like that, and this is the thing I brought up because I saw so many of these comments and this guy basically saying, well, he didn't hit for power and he didn't walk a lot. So then my question to these guys are, so are you telling me that Ichiro is overrated? He's not a good hitter? Is Tony Gwynn, who I consider arguably one of the greatest hitters of all time, Facts. Is Tony Gwynn not a good hitter because he never hit for power and he never walked a lot? He just hit. He just got hits everywhere. Well, is that not valuable in baseball? Because would teams today be like, yeah, analytics say we pass on Tony Gwynn. <laughs> analytics would tell you, yeah, maybe we we take Aaron Hicks over Ichiro <laughs> because Aaron Hicks at his best bats two thirty, hits a few homers, and walks a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean. Is that what they see as more valuable? If that's what these numbers are telling us, then yes, we do have a horrible <laughs> divide in baseball, and it's not good. Oh, it's yeah. terrible because yeah. if a guy like Jeter is overrated, if a guy like Gwen and and they didn't say that Gwen was overrated, but the aspects they use of why to prove Jeter was overrated is because that the OPS or whatever the hell it is doesn't go up to the elites of the elites, and it's because he didn't hit for power and didn't walk. Well, again. Tony Gwynn didn't hit for power and he didn't walk. Ichiro Suzuki didn't hit for power and doesn't really didn't really walk much. So you're looking at guys like that. Those are what most older baseball people would tell you, elite hitters. Where today yeah. they may be like, no, they're not. And you're like, oh, well, that that confuses me. That'll yeah. never change for me. There's no number you can show me that's like, I I agree with your point. Derek Jeter's overrated or the most overrated athlete of all time. Because yeah. if you're a fan, you're like a, I don't know, if maybe you didn't see him. If you're like, well, I think he's an overrated baseball player. Okay. You know what I mean? If, if that's your opinion, maybe maybe, maybe you, can, you can pass a little bit of argument on that. I don't think you can, but maybe you can. Because, you know, the gold yeah. gloves and all that. You, you can make some arguments that maybe he won those because he was the, you know, the most popular player. He had all the eyes I mean, on him. He's winning if championships. They, if they want to make that argument. If they want to, exactly. If you want to try to make that argument, that's fine. But when you sit there and say the the most overrated athlete, that is pure insanity, bro. That is, yeah. and then and then even too, like somebody said, somebody in the comments thankfully had a little bit of logic, and they said, <laughs> "This was funny." They said if Derek Jeter played for the Pirates all those years, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. There's no difference. He's a Hall of Fame baseball player. It's as simple yeah. as that. No matter the how you want to argue, the numbers are Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Fame baseball player. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he played in the California Penal League. He, <laughs> he would have been a Hall of Famer. It's as simple as that. And yeah. one of the comments, and this goes to show um, how some of these, these younger, younger guys out there are not really understanding baseball. The one guy goes to me, listen to this, and you know the years Jeter played, right? <laughs> 95, 96, 97, 98, mm-hmm. 99, and so on and so forth. He goes, well, if... If he started his career with the Seattle Mariners, he wouldn't have been good. I was like, you mean the team that had Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr., <laughs> Alex Rodriguez, Edgar Martinez? Should I continue on? Jamie Moyer? Like, uh, that team? 
are you talking about those guys? Like, he wouldn't have been good on that team? Because that team might actually won some World Series then. He would have been, like, the missing piece for that team to be the dynasty that the Yankees ended up being. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, right up come, you put it, come on. Like, then, again, then he takes, like, he's like, oh, no, well, we, well maybe you, the Brewers. Oh, okay, so you took it back because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Okay. Come on, maybe that's the fine. Brewers. Like, but that, that's what I'm saying. The funny thing is that these guys would always, they always give themselves away. Like when when they they when they'll put they'll put a comment like that up because their laptop wasn't too wasn't close enough for them to like <laughs> verify. It's just like right. so this is how you know you're just like talking to talk. Like oh, if you would have started in Seattle, it's like do you know what Seattle was at that time? Right, like, exactly. You obviously don't. But if that's and and I'm not trying to, you know, like go go at people like you know who weren't alive or got this. He's like no, because you're younger. That's what you don't have no control over that. Right. But here's my thing. It's like, if you know you didn't sit there and lay eyes on a player and all you're going off of is what some stat sheet tells you, maybe, maybe, maybe you know, pipe down a little bit. Like, I mean, you, you could, like like we said, you want to make the argument? Yeah, go, go ahead. Go but it. don't waste, go. Waste your breath. Yeah, don't, don't go scorched earth. So yeah, Derek Jeter is the most overrated athlete of all time. Dude, what's wrong with you? Like, what are you, 12? Like, what, what, are, you ta- what are you talking about? Nobody who was alive at that time and saw this man play is going to agree with you. And if they do, I mean, they're probably a Red Sox fan or a Mets fan, and that's fine. And, and a bad I mean, one at that, because most Red yeah. Sox fans still give Jeter credit. Still give Jeter at respect. At least that I've and seen. Even, and, Met, and Mets fans still give Jeter respect. Yeah. I think the dopest, the dopest thing about Jeter retiring and, and all the promo runs that they were doing was, like, when they would have, they would have like, the – I think it's Lester on the mound for the Red Sox. Mm. And before he pitches, he tips his cap. And then they go to like oh, a couple yeah. Mets fans in Queens and they blur their face out and they tip their cap. Yeah. I, I That's, remember that. Those are, those are, those are real fans. Those well, are because, real people. Know, those are people who understand. One of the greatest sayings ever is real recognizes real, right? I mean, and, 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 and that, and that was it. That's it for Jeter. Everybody knows that, you know, yeah. Jeter, Jeter got that respect because of that reason, because of, because of who he was on the field and even off the field. Like people talk about, um, having somebody that's like a a role model of kids. Jeter was the best guy for that. You know, he was the face of baseball for a while because baseball knew we don't really have much concern with what Derek is going to do off the field. You know what I mean? He's going to be somebody we can really model after and have, you know, fans really look up to. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, I mean, like we said, like the things like that are not quantifiable. The table, like, and what, and what you know, the, the kind of upstanding citizen he was just like, you know, the character that he showed off the field, like you struggle to find that these days. You got a lot of guys who get, you know, into silly, silly things. A lot of knuckleheads find themselves in trouble with the law because they don't, they just don't know how to carry themselves. And Jeter was about And for all young kids out there that, you know, might be listening and have no idea like about what Jeter was like. Listen, it's not that Jeter didn't have fun. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tell you. I dated. He dated a lot of very beautiful women. Right. He had, I mean, listen. He Jeter, had a lot. Of, he had a lot Jeter of gift lot. baskets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeter, Jeter, Jeter. Uh, he, he had a lot of fun, but he did it in a very Jeter way. It was right. quiet. It was all, you know, it, it stood. You know, you couldn't find them. You whatever. He wasn't on the back, the the front page of the New York Post. You know, with no, nah, he kept. He knew. He knew how to move. In, in, in that, in, in, you know, that is, they were media, it's a lot harder, I understand, but, you know, knew how to carry himself, you know, off the field, and being a Yankee fan, I mean, I, I can't 
thank him enough for that. Like I like our guy never got caught in no crazy compromising situation. Like I love that. Especially right. when every team felt like, like I feel like I felt like every team was going through that after, you know, everything, like even before the steroid thing, just stupidity, like players getting in, involved in stupidity. Like yeah. everybody has gone through that with their teams. And I was like, dang, we, we never had to worry about that with Jeter, man. He's just would he? guy's the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's where I want to I, I want to just touch on that, because hearing about that and, and seeing the comments I'm getting, I'm like, oh, my God, like that is that's absolutely ridiculous. So. Let's yeah. get into the meat of the day. Throwing it on the screen now, folks. Put your glasses on, everybody, because if you want to see some pitching that will shut things down, we're taking a look at the man on the mound right there. Good old Garrett Cole. Nine innings shutout, three hits, two walks, 12 strikeouts. Francis, I'm going to let you go ahead and just start this one and talk about what you thought of Garrett Cole's performance. And then one more big stat on this one, 129 pitches. Oh, yeah. Throw your analytics binder out the window. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what, 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 can we, what can we say about what, what our A's did uh, last night in, in, in Houston? Um, I, I, told, I, I told you this. <clears throat> I think uh, I may have put it, like, in the group chat or whatever. This is... Um, I was saying, I was like, listen, this is this is a big start for Garrett Cole. I think it's like leading up to it. I was like, it's gonna, this is probably one of the one of the biggest starts that he's had in in his Yankee career thus far. Um, obviously, not a playoff start or whatever. So yeah, I know some people don't don't consider it that big, but when you factor in what he was coming from going into this start, I mean, you had the game against against Kansas Kansas City where. Yeah, he pitched decent, but the strikeout numbers were super low. People expected him to strike out way more people, and, yep. you know, he didn't. And then we end up giving that game up late anyway, and he doesn't walk out of there with a W. And then you go from there to the Boston game. And the Boston game, he absolutely gets shelled, like embarrassed. We're, we're I mean, as fans, we don't, we don't know where to put our face that game that he pitches in Boston. It's just like he gets rocked. They're killing us all over the timeline on Twitter, everywhere. It's like, oh, God, this is your king. This is your whatever. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. And then if you think the things couldn't get worse, he goes against the Mets mm. in a shortened seven-inning game because it was a doubleheader where most of us were hoping, hey, Garrett Cole's going to pitch this entire game. We don't even got to worry about the bullpen here. We can think about that for game two. And he can't even get out of the, the fifth or the fourth or whatever. No, I think it was the fifth. Or, and I'm just – and and – against the Mets who were the one of the worst hitting teams in baseball yep. coming into that series. It's just like, really Garrett? Like it, with all that snowballing, this start in Houston, like was set up to be one of the biggest ones of his, of his career thus far with the Yankees and Garrett Cole deliver. Big time. Um, Big time. I, I remember seeing after that Mets start, I tweeted out myself. I was like, listen, Cole needs to get it. He needs to get it together, man. Like, we, I understand, you know, the, everything with the grip and the sticky stuff and he's still learning. He's got to figure it out now because he's so used to pitching one way. And now in the middle of the season, like, you know, it's really messed up how they went about it. But our commissioners are literally like as smart as the Yankees analytics team and <laughs> not smart at all. So, you know, Garrett Cole, was, <laughs> Garrett Cole was forced to like try to figure this out on the fly. And 
but yeah, I mean, at a certain at a certain point, you know, your 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 patience as a fan begins to run thin because it's just like we can take it from all the other guys in the rotation, but it's like going out there and seeing Garrett Cole get hit is always going to hit us Yankee fans different because you know we they signed him to the big money, but it was like he's our guy, that's our ace, G Cole, that's that's our dude, like he's the last guy that we want to see getting hammered, and we saw it consecutively, and by teams that are like arch nemesis, like rivals, like. It's just, it's crazy. Like, look at the run that Garrett Cole has had his last three starts. It's not, it's not been easy for him in terms of like no. the pressure from the fan base. He had Boston, the Mets and Houston. It's like, yeah, it, 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 it wasn't easy. So I, I get it. Like there's, you know, a lot of pressure there, but didn't show up in Boston. Then goes back home, doesn't show up against the Mets. So when this start rolls around, it's like, Cole, please, like, please, like we, I can't take you losing to Houston like we just we can't we can't we can't do this like you gotta show up and on the night where the with a lineup when Casper the friendly ghost outside of really uh judge and his home run which, the home run uh, saved it my goodness yeah, without, sure, without that sure what a bring, what a oof. yeah who knows I mean, who knows, we, who knows what we're talking about if judge uh. doesn't hit the home run um but yeah there was the offense was non-existent but didn't matter because it was literally what judge had said previously about Gary Cole oh we don't worry about anything when Cole's on the mound because we know you just get that one and he'll take care of the rest and that's exactly what last night's game was you got that one and he just put the rest of the the the, the team on his back and carried them all the way to the finish line even when Boone was trying to come and say hey let me grab some of these bags from your back hey go sit your little right back in the dugout we ain't, we ain't doing this buddy I make literally more than 300 times what you make yeah go sit your go back cole, in the cole was using cole was using some pa- he was using some authority on that one i love he was using I some authority it. on that one i loved it i don't i know i know we're probably going to see people your your analytics crazy people saying ah, i gotta be careful in situations nah, like that because nah. you know it's, yeah, yeah yeah but here's the thing again analytics can't account for the moment that last night was analytics don't account for balls okay <laughs> I'm gonna just I'm gonna just keep that real with you. We know that Francis, you There's know no it as much as I do. There's Ain't no a, stats for how much no balls a player got. No There's no stat for that, and that's mm-hmm. what the eyeballs do. If mm-hmm. look, and we said this on the first take where where um I was never recording, but <laughs> we said that on the first take, and hell, I'll say it again right now. Garrett Cole in that game, if if Boone took him out. And they won the game. I'd been happy, but I'm still mad because that was Cole's game. That's yeah. such a damn statement game that as yeah. a manager, you go if if I'm Boone and I go out there, right? Here's what I say to him. Garrett, I'm coming out here. You're doing well, or you're okay. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm okay. The ball's yours. We win or lose with you. Talk mm-hmm. to you. Let's go. And I yeah. leave. Or whatever. Hype him up a little, whatever you whatever you want yeah. to do. If you are gonna come out, because I wouldn't have even came out. I'll just be like, man, keep going. You're good. Yeah, I probably. wouldn't have came out. But yeah, if I did come out, if I did come out, that's my message. The game is yours. Yeah. There's nobody. This is your, we lose or we win with you. Simple as that. That's yeah. what this game is. So if the Yankees lost, and I, I don't even want to bring this scenario up, but I know how Yankee fans are, right? It would have been, oh my God, Chapman, you should have went to him even. I mean, you have to go to him at some point. Why not go to Sessa? How do you pay your ace? 300 plus million dollars, 324, whatever the hell it is, right? Mm-hmm. And your argument is, oh, my God, he's still throwing 99 with 120-plus pitches, but let's, let's, let's pull him from this ballgame. 
even though he's dominating the whole night, guys are off balance. They're swinging that crap on the out five feet off the plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got them totally, totally beat up. They don't know oh, what yeah. to do with his at bats. Oh yeah. Nobody's making extremely hard contact. They are out of it. What do you have? Twelve strikeouts. I mean, yeah. It was just even the last batter, Jordan Alvarez, is a beast. He's an animal. Yeah. Alvarez, he's an animal. And he beats up Cole. I said it. I said, man, he. That's the only guy in that lineup. That really worries me when he comes up against Cole with men on base. He had what two homers yeah. off him this year, also. Yeah, or one or two. But yeah, I think I think he's got. I think he I think he hit the one in that start at Yankee Stadium. I feel like he homered twice that game. Maybe it wasn't he just might. against Cole. I don't know. I I feel like he oh has no, two no, no. Off I think Cole. yeah, you could be right. I'm gonna verify that, but you could be right. But sure. um, also too during that game, Alvarez the only big chance they had, they had first and second, and Cole got him to induce in a double play with a beautifully timed changeup. Beautifully mm-hmm. time change. Got him well out in advance, had him roll over. Great pitching. And then even at last at bat, you saw the emotion. I mean, I put it on the screen. And I'm gonna jump right back to it again because I mean this is something that as a fan you want to watch so many more times, right? Um, but you watch the emotion on the last at bat. Here's the last inning there. He gets Goriel. Beautiful. I mean, this this slider is nasty, even though it looks like it's so far off the plate. You can see why why uh Yuli Goriel went for it there. Um, but then look at this right here. I mean that is 99 on pitch 129. Mm. Okay? Some some guys are built and made different. Garrett Cole is your workhorse and your ace. You get what you could get out of Garrett Cole now. And you get everything you can get out of Garrett Cole after the signing you made. And you know what? People could sit there and say, well, you got to take care of him. Cole would tell you the same thing. You think there was any second in Cole's mind of him saying somebody else is coming in this game? No. That was never going to happen. I don't care if I walk the bases loaded. This is my game. I don't care if I got to go to 150. I'm winning this game. Simple as that. This is the statement that needed to be made. And he did it. And let me, before we continue on that game, I got to read this off. Um, And I don't mean to harp on this a lot, but I got to harp on this, man. You reporters, what are you guys doing? What job do you guys think you have? Marley Rivera's question. Oh. Did you? I, I got to talk about this. Did tonight prove you're a great pitcher, whether your spin rate is up or down? Cole responds, I hate saying it, but he didn't say this. But I, this is what I would say, bitch. <laughs> look at the numbers. Did you see? <laughs> I mean, that's what you did. You saw, you saw his face. And I was gonna t- that was, oh that's what he God. said. He said it without setting. He's like, uh, okay, come on, shut, shut the fuck up. Excuse my language. Shut the up. the words right what? out of my mouth. Are you stupid? Like, I'm not even being rude to you. I know, Marley, you're doing a good job. Oh, Whatever. Man. God bless you. Don't ask me that shit. Get, get, get out of Get out of the room. Come get on. her stuff and get her out of the room. Get her out. And this is the thing. Like, then, like, I hear things like that, right? Questions like this. And then, then I have people on Twitter saying, oh, like, but this is a problem. Like, female reporters, female media, like we, we get put under a different scrutiny than the guys. And it's just like, no, you you just asked a really stupid question. Like it has, it, exactly. it has nothing to do. Nothing, has nothing at to do all. with the fact that you're a woman. It has nothing, it has nothing at to all. do with the fact that you're whatever ethnicity. It has nothing to do with Nobody that. Nobody cares. You just sat up there in front of Garrett frigging Cole and said, does tonight prove that you're a great pitcher, like without the sticky stuff. I just got $324 million for what? Being decent? What are you like? What? what are we doing? Like, right after the accusations and everything or whatever, the first time that th- stuff was even brought up, oh, we're gonna start looking at pitchers and whatever. He goes and pitches against the twins and has and and spins a gem. Like, 
strikes out the guy who was talking the most shit twice. Like, right. I think he, if, he, if he was looking for like a statement game, I think it was way back on that game. And tips probably. his like, cap to him and tips his cap to him both times. Yeah, and like, stares at him. I like, does this prove that you're a great pitcher? Whatever. Like, I, and I think the reason Cole responded the way he did, because he's just like, listen, a guy like Gary Cole is like supreme. He's supremely confident in his ability. Like, so you asking him something like that is like, what? Like, I've always known I was a great pitcher. Like, that's like asking. That's like asking Ric Flair in early WCW days if you're the best wrestler on the planet. And Ric Flair just going, you know, just doing one of his little flip out things and, and just woo, woo, woo around the ring and like doing leg drops and elbow drops on his clothes. I mean, it's that crazy. Like, it's when you're nuts. about to end, that, that's it's, almost like, did you even think? You you didn't think about this question. You just no, said there's what no was way. on your mind. There's, like, no, there's, there's no way that was the question. Like, you were watching that game. And the best thing you came up with was, oh, man, when I get in front of Cole, right. the, I got to ask him, does this prove <laughs> you're a good pitcher? A great pitcher? Like, what? What are, you, what are we talking about? His here? reaction. Like, listen, you can tell. The dude I, was just like, man, shut up. Shut up. Yeah, like, come, come on. on. Like, I, I joined in on the fun on Twitter, like, with the spider attack things. I've put out a bunch of jokes where we, so we can laugh about it All or whatever. Right. Make no mistake about it. We've been saying from the beginning when this whole thing, the crackdown started, the crackdown. I love how they're calling it a crackdown. Like, like they're on the streets with nightsticks. Right, looking for yeah. Like, shut yeah. up, Manfred. The crackdown, my ass. But from the start of this whole thing, I was like, Gary Cole's going to be fine. He's going to, I was like, he's going to struggle a little bit. Yeah, whatever. But eventually he's going to figure, he's going to figure it out. He'll find a, a new way or he'll get used to gripping the ball with, I guess, just the rosin or whatever. And he'll figure it out. I'm not worried about it because the thing about Garrett Cole stuff is you can put it, what you can put as much sticky, whatever as you want. That ain't going to make you throw a fastball 99 on your 112 pitch of the game. Right. Ain't That's enough right. sticky stuff in the world. That's right. <laughs> like this, that is just pure talent, gr greatness, grit, hustle, heart. Like ain't enough sticky stuff in the world is going to give you that. You don't need. So it's like asking him that question after that start is just like, Oh, come on, Marley. Well, it's, it's insulting. On. It's insulting. Yeah, it's like, I mean, that's an insult to Cole. That's the last thing. I, if I'm him, after that performance, I'm like, damn, that's what you want to ask me? Like, come on, bro. Like, you I'd couldn't be, think of nothing Let me else tell you something, bro. Me. I'd be mad petty on that one. I tell the Yankees people you don't accept a question from her anymore, and I'm up here. I'm not even joking. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm right. not even joking. I'd be super. Anybody, you could call me petty. You could call me what you want. I'm sorry. Nah, I ain't doing it no more. Yeah. You nah, want to come to me one-on-one -on -one and talk about it, I would just have to tell her flat out. Look! Look at you don't you don't find nothing wrong with the question you asked me. Let's let's be real. Let's keep yeah. it real. I don't I don't yeah. seeing you as a woman. I'm seeing you as a reporter asking me a question. Asking me a look stupid at the question. question you asked me. You want yeah. me to sit here and be like I'm gonna accept more of these questions? I'm good. I'm nah, good. Come on. Nah, I'm good. Dude, nah. It's 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 really it's it's idiotic at this point that is just like, and it's just like okay like, who else is getting questioned about this freaking sticky stuff to at this point? as much as Garrett Cole is like, if I'm him, I'm sure he's just freaking over it at this point. And he's just like, why, even when I go out there and dominate for nine innings, freaking striking out 12 of one of the best offenses in baseball this season, they actually have batting no average. About it. They actually yeah. have batting average. Yeah. Like let's, let's, let's not, let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. Right. The Astros coming into the city were one of the best, not were they are one of the best offenses in baseball this year. 
right? Even without people, oh, you know, Correa and, and all the uh, Bregman. Yeah, no, Bregman's missed a lot of time this year. And, you know, Correa's been there, but you take him out of the lineup and there's still people. Like you said, uh, Alvarez is a very dangerous hitter in that lineup. You were actually right. I went back and uh, confirmed it, uh, that that May game that Cole pinched against uh, Houston here at home, he gave up two home runs to Alvarez. I, I thought, in that I thought same he did, game. yeah. So, yeah. Like there's there's dangerous hitters up and down that lineup. Well, and if, you, Cole, if you go through that one, that just a one through five. I mean, you don't see this right now in baseball. You just don't. Oh no. You um Altuve two seventy nine, Brantley three twenty four, Goriel three fourteen, Alvarez two ninety nine, Tucker two sixty six. They got another. You know, Straw's hitting two sixty six. Then there are other guys are you know where a lot of other teams are with the lower two hundreds. Yeah. Um, but you don't you don't have many top of the orders right now in baseball. Not like that. That it that is. That basically means they actually hit and get on base with the balls they put in play. Exactly, it's actually going traffic. through a lot so, of traffic on the base pass. Yeah, you're you're seeing that with them, and then to any way at all try to discredit that or make it sound like this is the start that makes you good, or 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 that yeah. has you know made you the pitcher that you are. That yeah, that that is beyond insulting and. Yeah. No baseball reporter in their right mind could defend that question. Nobody think, could defend that question. Yeah, no. And I think, I guess, and here's like, I guess my my, my biggest point on this, I get this would be my last point on that, is basically what I, what I think if you're Garrett Cole, you want to defend against happening, and he's well within his right to defend th- against this from happening, is that because of that whole spider attack thing, people try to take away what he already accomplished right. before coming to the Yankees and and whatever. So it's like now, like when you ask him a question like that, it's almost saying like, oh, like does this, because does this cement you as a great pitcher? Because now, you know, because of the spider attack thing, everything you did before doesn't count. Yeah, it's insulting. That's why he said, no, well, go go look at my career number. Like, yeah, go look at his career numbers because there's things in those stats that have nothing to do with frigging spin rate. Okay, like, so don't, don't try and discredit what he was beforehand. Oh, well, we don't know. He was probably using a spider attack. You know what? Don't give me that. You know, because here's the thing. And it's the same thing I said with steroids, the same thing. With, and people don't like this argument. And that's fine. I don't care if you don't like it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's a fact. If you do it and I do it, are we going to have the same results that these guys do? Hell no. Right. Hell no. So the spider attack thing is like, oh, it's, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But guess what? Gary Cole was not the only one using it. Okay. And every this is widely known throughout the game of baseball of that there were hundreds of guys using this freaking sticky substance. Yet there weren't hundreds of guys with the stats that Gary Cole was putting. Exactly. Out. There's a level of talent. Well, if exactly if you remember, so there was just, um so don't take his talent out of it. Well, it was the same and, and and it's right. Like you bring up the steroid era. There was a lot of bad guys who got suspended for steroids that were really bad. Listen, there was one t- guy, I forgot Melky, his name. Melky, Melky did it. Melky I'm not saying it. he was terrible, no, but he I'm wasn't a terrible like, ball player. You did the st- you did Cabrera Melky Cabrera, you, you were doing basically probably the same steroids with Robinson Cano at the, around the same time. Yeah. But you wasn't hitting like Robinson Cano, you know, because no. you could inject or take whatever whatever you want, bro. They ain't gonna teach you the hand eye coordination. Yeah, that ain't and, the, teach and the you thing, timing. and the thing it's for like, me too is a lot of times, like these guys will have a great year, then they get popped for steroids or something like that, and everybody's like, "Oh, well, look what happened when he took steroids." He was probably taking them every year. 
Yeah, like you know, what are you talking yeah. About? I mean, you could. He finally the skills. That's what happens. Like when the skills and the talent catch up to that, do the steroids help? Of course. Yeah, and talking. of course, and you could also. What people also don't understand is that these guys most of the time weren't popping steroids during the year. They were doing no. it in cycles in the off season. Yes. Or in cycles yeah. where it's easy to get in and out sometimes. Yeah. There, that's how that, I mean, that's how they, they did it back then. And that is that is the way you're supposed to take something like a steroid anyway in a cycle yeah. because it's bad for your body to continuously take it. Like yeah. the stuff that Bonds was taking was basically something they give the horses. Yeah. I mean, so and, – and guys like McGuire and Sosa and, and these type of guys. Um, yeah. Does that mean that Bonds – Sosa and McGuire aren't Hall of Famers? No, they're awesome. They're really freaking good baseball players. Yeah. No matter how you want to see it. So you're, yeah, you're one right. Of, one of these days, one of these days, we gotta we gotta hash out that that uh that topic. Oh, I've been the, there. Uh, I've been there and done that. So doing it again for me people. would would be would be absolutely awesome. And you know, yeah. it's it's almost like I used to knock, and I think I said this before. I'm sure I probably have. I used to knock Bud Sealing because if you remember during that time, he was also, I think, part owner of the Brewers or he owned the Brewers, even when he was commissioner of baseball. Mm. And I remember everybody around that time, like even, you know, as much as I don't, I'm not a fan of Jose Canseco. I think he's, he's a little off the rocker, so to say. But, um, you know, Canseco's right about a lot of things, though. These guys who are now acting like we're the angels and we knew nothing, you knew everything. You knew yeah. everything. Yeah. Look at the year '98 too. Um, all of a sudden, McGuire would be up on Sosa, four or five homers or something like that. All of a sudden, Sosa goes to Milwaukee, and he hits six homers in a series. And you're like, <laughs> isn't the commissioner have something to do with this club that's lobbing fastballs down the middle to this dude? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be conspiracy theorist here, yeah. but when you watch stuff, certain things pop in your mind. It's like that, that's the first question in your mind. You obviously have a certain feeling about it. Yeah, and I'm no, like, I, you guys are crucifying guys like McGuire and Sosa. When McGuire and Sosa literally brought baseball back to the mainstream. And then you saved, get the first thing you guys saved, want to do is crucify him. Come on now. Yeah. The Cubs, the, the Cubs <laughs> want Sosa to apologize to even come back in the stadium? Are you yeah, kidding right. me? <laughs> Not gonna happen. Is Sosa first of all, Sosa's got a lot of other things to apologize for before he even thinks about that. Like right. he's to apologize to the entire Dominican delegation <laughs> for even looking looking the way he does today because we do not accept that. That is not. Bro, apologize I, I to me. I could be Sammy. I'm Sammy. Exactly. I'm Sammy. Apologize to me first. <laughs> Forget the Cubs organization. <laughs> what the hell were you thinking, Sammy? But it looks like me. Listen, baseball been that... very very good to me. It's me. <laughs> it's me. Baseball been very very good to me. I live in Miami. Oh man. I feel like yeah. I, I got three of them, Bobby. I'm good. <laughs> Yo, nah, and the, oh man, but you're right though. You're definitely right. Uh, that that listen, I I feel the same way about Canseco. Like a lot of times he goes a little bit crazy. I'm just like, here this guy goes again. Like, I, but listen, that that point that he made about them knowing what was going on or whatever, like he's 100 right. Facts. And the fact that like now they want to like wash themselves of all culpability and say, nah, you know these teams and these players. It's like, don't give me that. Don't give me that. Everybody knew. The problem is that there was th that for a while you just you, you didn't mind it because you were just like ah whatever like it, there's a bunch of people doing it it seems fair enough or whatever baseball only really intervenes when somebody screams you know somebody complains loud enough and now they have to like really react that's yeah. that's how it goes like right. same thing happened just now with the spider attack you think oh baseball oh we 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 just started investigating it like uh, last year this is the beginning uh, of no. time of baseball this happened though. Come on. 
Yeah. You got guys in the Hall of Fame who have admitted to it. You yeah. have admitted to yeah. use it anything like, they could find. It's like it's like uh, you know, like let's not pretend. Let's, my whole thing is just that. Like, let's not pretend here that you don't realize what's going on. Baseball, I know the here, the reason I know that baseball realizes this thing is that they keep proactively changing things to like counter and, and like balance some of the things that players do. Like the juice ball the juice ball a couple seasons ago was oh, offense has dipped dramatically right teams are not hitting home runs at the clip that they that they were uh years ago we know that fans and you know everybody loves everybody loves the home run right chicks dig the long ball let's let's juice the ball put it out there for a season let's see what happens let me tell you what happens one of the funnest seasons in recent memory was the juice ball you're damn right it was the juice ball everybody smacking home runs but guess what the pitchers elite pitchers Still who still had to pitch with the juice ball. They were still elite. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. what was the complaint there? There shouldn't be. You know and and that's, that's the funny thing. It's like, you know, it's like baseball saying, guys, don't worry. We'll cheat for you. Mm. And it's okay. But yeah. don't you go out there and do it. Yeah, because no, no. you can't do it, but we we could do it. Cause I mean, and, and, we and are baseball. We're baseball. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm Manfred. So here's what we're going to do as being <laughs> Manfred. I want the yeah. optics of this to look cute. Yeah. I want it to look like I'm cracking down on something. I want it to look like this, this, or that. This is going to go away soon. Everybody knows oh, yeah. it. There's going to oh, be yeah. something that's approved. There's going to be some sort of a, a, a player's thing that comes together and approves some sort of substance or something. Making yeah, it okay they're going to come up with do. something. They'll definitely come up with something. But the funny and people thing are going to get mad when that happens. Of course. Because they'll come up it's with something. It's cheating. It's cheating. It's this. They'll come that. up with something, and then Garrett Cole's spin rate will probably go up by 100 or 200 RPMs again. Right. And they'll be like, "Oh well, that you see, that's the thing. Is that it's cheating? It's like, no, he just has, he has, he has better grip of the ball, right? It, it, his RPMs won't be what it was with the spider attack, but it'll get up a little bit higher to where he'll be ridiculously dominant again. And you're gonna have people bitching and moaning like, oh, they gave in to Garrett Cole. No, they gave in to like the safety of to the logic. game. To like, logic. Yeah, come on. Like, what are we doing? Like, they, I don't want a guy who throws 100 miles an hour." Complaining that he doesn't have a grip of that thing. I, no, of I'm course sorry. not. Because all, all, all the stress is going right here then. Yeah. All the stress is and going like, on the elbow. Are, nah. Like, especially guys that you're paying the way that the Yankees are paying Gary Cole. It's, it's like a business now, man. Uh, unfortunately, hey, fortunately and unfortunately, hey. it's a real business. You you yeah. these, these guys are assets. You know yeah. what I mean? They they are assets to your club and having them off the field does nothing for you. Oh so, no, it's 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 it, it hinders you. So it's like I think it's in their best interest to make sure like that, you know, the, these guys are all taken care of. My whole thing is like, when I look at it, I'm just like, Oh my God, Josh Donaldson is the one who comes and is, you know, talking all this nonsense, the loudest voice in the room, they go and they do something or whatever. The, the spotlight goes to guys like Cole or, or Bauer, who's in the spotlight for something completely different now. But at the time, this is what the, the quest, the line of questioning was. And it's just like, who the hell is Josh Donaldson to like, like, yes, you want an MVP, but bro, what have you done since then? What I'll happened since you, I, then? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what he's done. Yes, I'm going to get paid. You was better player than me, but you never will have one of this. I got three on the puppy. That's it. That's all right there. That's what exactly. Josh Donaldson. Exactly. Josh. That is on my phone forever. You got, uh, Josh, I got, I got three of them, puppy. You That's have, it. you have zero. You got none of them, no, puppy. Nothing. You never. You're never gonna get one. Like, <laughs> no, you were nothing. Like he said flat out, you're no, you're man, nothing. Like, 
this guy coming out and like whatever. It's like, oh, you did all that, whatever. And then the, the first time Cole saw you, he sat you, he sat you down, like clockwork. It struck you, like struck you out in, in fascinating fashion, without without any sticky stuff. Facts. So it was like, look, you, you did all that for what? You did all that for what? I mean, don't get me wrong. I listened to a podcast the other day with, with Theo Epstein. I was a Taruko's podcast and. Uh, it, if you guys haven't heard it, I think it's, it's definitely a good listen just to hear like about all the changes that they're trying to implement in baseball to grow the game and, you know, do speed up the time and everything. So it was very interesting. But when when Theo was saying like, yeah, we're already seeing like uh, significant jumps in offensive numbers, like ever since the crackdown began or whatever. I'm like, I know that that's the optic they want to portray. But in reality, like if you're if you're watching games like we've been watching games like the difference is very minute. It's very minimal. Not, I mean, not, not for anything. the Yankees. Definitely not for the Yankees. I haven't seen no, no Yankees start running but, off on on tons of hits and this and that. Not, the guy they beat up not, was not even great. just not even just the, not even just us because the Mets offense has still pretty much been like here and there, whatever, right. Unless they're playing Pittsburgh, but other than that, they're the same. Like, I'm saying, there's a lot of teams. There's a, the Atlanta Atlanta hasn't benefited from oh no more sticky stuff. Now Atlanta just started hitting. No, it's like. It's you know the teams that were struggling before the crackdown began are still more or less hitting the same offensive numbers. So right, I know what the optic that they want to go for is, but I know what my eyes are telling me also, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna rock with that for now. Let's see at the end of the year when all the data is collected, maybe somebody can give me some numbers that convince me otherwise. I don't know, but right now it's like I I don't I haven't seen that big change yet. Right. Other than the fact that Tampa Bay's pitching. It's not as effective as it was before. Yeah, because they 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 and I don't taken think enough hit. people are talking about that. They've so I'll bring it up. To be Captain Petty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every Marley Rivera wants to ask Garrett Cole if he's a great right. pitcher after last night. Why is nobody asking Tampa Bay why all of their arms suck now? All of a like, sudden, they're just terrible. Look, Marley, so. take a flight down to Tampa. <laughs> I, wanna, I think somebody needs to ask that. You could take it from me. We need don't to, even, we don't need even to, worry about. It. We I'm need to we that. need to send Marley around. Marley got to go over there and talk to Tampa. Um, oh, Fangraphs released. I'm gonna throw this on the screen here. Um, the Yankees Fangraphs has as the number seven overall team for their prospect pool. Now, this is important because oh, yeah. a lot of people, uh, I think Baseball America, a few others, have the Yankees racked basically mid pack of the order in Major League Baseball, but the Yankees right here are basically more above um in the in the middling of the pack here um overall for um for where the Yankees are when it comes to the value of their team and the value of their prospects. Um as you know weekly I do um uh Pinstripe podcast weekly now and I talk about a um a New York Yankee prospect. I talk about last time I talked about the number 4 ranked prospect Oswald Peraza but just going through briefly the New York Yankees system for a lot of people who don't know, they got some legitimate prospects, Francis. Some some really, really good guys coming up through this system. Some guys who are really opening eyes this year. And um, it puts the Yankees in a good spot, doesn't it, for uh, the deadline oh, yeah. coming up and also just for the future overall. Oh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um. So- I was I was pleasantly uh, surprised. Not that the Yankees were you know ranked top ten or anything. I was just like, I don't know if Fangraphs always puts this out like around this time of year or not or whatever. I was, but I was just like pleasantly surprised that this came out around this time. 
because I was like, it's very interesting with the deadline looming and, you know, people saying a lot of things like I still see it all over the place. I saw a guy on Twitter just yesterday saying, like, oh, no, the Yankees don't have what it would take to, like, secure an arm. Like, I think they were talking about some of the arms in, in Cleveland yeah. uh, possibly becoming available. And then uh, somebody who, oh, man, I wish I, I want to get this guy's name because he's one of our, like, really faithful followers was like, hey, if this if this is true, like if this guy becomes available, right? Like if a Bieber or a Savali become available, like we got to like make sure that we got to make sure that we, we we're, we're in on that. Yeah. And this guy responded and he's like, oh, the Yankees, they have absolutely nothing in terms of prospect capital that would interest Cleveland to make a deal. I think uh, his name is at uh, Jay Lawrence on Twitter. Okay. He's the one that said, if these guys are available, we got to make a move. And somebody responds to him and is like, oh, a Cleveland fan, I think, obviously. Oh, do the Yankees have nothing in the way of a prospect that would entice us uh, to make a trade like that? And I'm just like, and then he brings up like, there's not much value aside from Dominguez. It's like, yeah, you're you're so far off. It's not even funny. Yeah. Um, but that, that's why something like this post from Fangraphs is really important because there's a lot of uninformed people out there that don't realize the amount of talent that's in the Yankees farm system right now. As we yeah, speak. and I mean that's even the reason why I want to do this um, pinstripe um, weekly when I'm I'm talking about a. Uh, Pinstripe Yankees Prospect Weekly. Um, mm. Every every uh, Thursday, I'll be dropping those videos on Wednesdays or Thursdays. We'll see. But um, people don't understand how good the system actually is because they, oh, yeah. you know, fans a lot of times, um, I'm not knocking them as saying like they are, um, what do they say, casual fans, where it's kind of mm -hmm. like you'll know the first two guys or the top prospect. But you don't ever get into the 10s, 15s, 20s, 30s, and, and around that number. The Yankees got so many guys that are really, really, not necessarily even overachieving, but doing better than expected or have just hit a, a, a new level, so to say, in their growth. The number yeah. 28 prospect is Glenn Otto. If anybody knows anything about Glenn Otto, let me give you some numbers real quick. 3.17... ERA in Somerset, double A, 65 innings. Listen to this number, 103 strikeouts. But I want to hear something even more stupid. He has 14 walks. Sheesh. 103 strikeouts to 14 walks. 46 hits only, 14 strikeouts. Batters Talk are hitting 197. Mm-hmm against Glenn Otto, who I told you guys, I had an evaluator the other day tell me this guy could help the Yankees at the major league level right now. That's where his talent is. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who actually knows Glenn's family. They also told me that his bio says he's about, I think, 6'2 or 6'3. He's more like 6'5. So he's, he's, he's big. He's a very, very big kid, per my understanding from what I hear about him. Mm. Um, but I'm high on a guy like Glenn Otto. They got Ken yeah. Wildachuk, who is dominating also. Overall in the year, he got a 1.24 ERA in 50 innings, 86 strikeouts. These mm. guys are ranked the bottom of the Yankees' prospect pool. You know, yeah, so so that's the 20s. crazy thing. Yeah. But there's, there's uh, I think, another another point to be made here is is how close a lot of this talent is. You yes. can go on You yes. can go on MLB.com. Yes. And you can do this for any team. You can do this for any team. You just put in the team's name and top prospects, and they'll give you, like, the team's, like, top 30 or whatever. ETA. And MLB does an ETA, right? Yep. yep. You look at the guys that we're talking about, your Walder Chucks, your Glenado, even, like, Medina. Like, 
he's got like their ETA is like 2022. That's like next year. Like, yeah. or like, or 2023, like Wells, I think is like 2023 or whatever. Like he is. They got he like, is. so it's like next year or the year after. Yeah. So you're talking about all oh, the Yankees don't have much in the way of prospect capital. It's like, no, no, they have major league ready talent. Like that's coming up literally that can start for you next season. Right. Like you're, Oh, you're just uninformed. Like if you're uninformed, just say that then. If you if you're uninformed, just say that. We don't hey, we're not gonna bash you for not knowing. It's that's fine. You don't gotta know because most people don't. Like you right. just you just put something and, and hit send and you know, hey, I did something. No, you didn't. Like you, you made yourself look dumb, is what you did. Because when you look at this system, there's a lot of guys. Yeah, yes, we talk about your Hoy Parks and your trade. And they're not even on it. They're not even Florial. on it. L'Oreal. Every single week, we're talking about these guys. Right now, we're talking about a d- completely different crop of guys, aside from those that are killing it right now in the minors. And this this is common knowledge among. Listen, that's the funny thing is that it is when you hear people talk like this, you just realize how great the disconnect is between actual like MLB front offices and what fans think. Like you can tell right away, fans aren't paying as much attention to these guys. Yep, the way that. MLB front offices are like because I guarantee you there's not a front office in the league that's not aware of some of the guys that we're talking about they not know at all I mean I could guys. throw names out there Trevor Harbor who a lot of people mm. probably haven't heard of hitting 299 this year slugging 505 seven homers 13 doubles two triples he's a second baseman and outfielder for the outfielder Yankees. right yeah yeah so he plays, yeah he's he plays very, middle I, infield I, and outfield. I remember I remember his name Harbor Harbor I yep. don't know how to say it yet I'll, I'll, I'll learn I guess when he comes I up will learn learns. myself um, but he's interesting to me, just the whole second base outfield combo or whatever. Is he a lefty, that one? Who? Oh, Harvard? Harvard? Um, he is a bats lefty, yes. Yes, that's another, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah. <clears throat> another, I mean, not for nothing. I know we were always, like, saying, you know, the balance and the lineup and things like that now, whatever. But it's, like, it's so interesting how much in terms of, like, prospects coming up we have lefty lefty hitting how much yeah. lefty hitting we have coming up so it's, it's funny because like the same guy in cashman who built this super right-handed heavy lineup or whatever also drafted and purchased tons of lefty uh prospect capital like yep uh, i mean who knows maybe it was a backup plan i don't know but and here here's another guy too um that everybody should know by now josh smith who is absolutely oh, yeah. raking in high A. So he is in high A right now. His overall numbers. So and, and let me just say this too. He has more at-bats in high A than in, in low A. So when mm. you hear the numbers, you know, it's not like one of those things where he dominated in low A and it came up to high A and, and has done decent. He's done much mm. better in high A. And, I mean, this is a guy who might actually end up in double A this year already. 23 years old, Josh Smith. Overall, he's hitting 341. 341 overall, 12 doubles, three triples, nine home runs, 42 runs scored, 24 RBIs, 22 walks. His on-base percentage is 461. His mm. slugging is 674. I mean, these are these are elite-level numbers. And yes, he is creeping up into that top 10. He's getting closer there. MLB.com has him ranked for the Yankees right now number 14. Then you got Ezekiel Duran behind him, who's number 15. TJ Sikama, who we haven't even seen this year, is a big lefty. These are names that people don't talk about yeah. all the time. And then, you know, you got a guy like Estevan Floriel, where the last couple of guys we talked about are already 23. Flows in AAA at 23, hitting his sixth homer last night. 
driving mm-hmm. at the dead center field, probably a good 420, where mm-hmm. it looks like the man barely took a huge hack and just smacked the hell out of the ball. I'm telling you, Francis, I'm saying it now. I said it in a tweet, and I'm going to stick to my guns here. I can't trade this dude. I'm not just, <laughs> bro, maybe, maybe, look, maybe I feel like Cashman right now. Maybe I do. Maybe this is what the nerds feel like. Maybe I feel like a nerd right now. Mm. Maybe I am too high on a guy, or I'm falling in love with the idea of a prospect. Maybe I am. The, yeah, but but here's my thing. Where was the last great Yankee center fielder? Where was the last great Yankee center fielder that was developed through that system? It's Bernie. Bernie. Bernie's been, the last one. You could argue. Bernie. You could argue Gardner's been a damn good Yankee, and he's come up through the system. You could argue oh, that point. Of course. And he's been but, a damn good Yankee. But I'm talking but, about a but legitimate not Bernie level. Not Bernie level. I'm talking not about a Bernie legitimate All Star yeah. caliber center fielder, right? Yeah. I watch Floriel. I've seen so many damn videos of Floriel throughout his career. The guy right now is not the guy of two years ago. The guy right mm. now is not the guy of even a year ago or whatever the hell. Let's say in 2019 as a year mm. because COVID year. Forget it. Throw it out the window. He's not that same guy. This is a kid who has worked. He has worked, and it's obvious. You can't give yeah. me the nonsense right now of, oh, well, you know, he's not performing in AAA. Probably his last 10, 15, 20 games, he's hitting close to 300 because he was yeah, hitting he's... like 170. Now he's hitting 235, 237. He's not. He's he's figuring it out. He's catching up. Again, it's what we said the other day. Like, with a guy like Floreal, what you want to see when he as he rises up the ranks is that adaptability. We're not saying he's going to come up to the MLB and immediately go on a tear and just set the league on fire. He may. But chances are he doesn't do that. Chances are he struggles a little bit here and there. He might get a couple of hits and then might go a couple of games where he's really searching for it. But what you want to see with a guy like that is the is the adapting period. And right. that's what I think we've seen. Like now in AAA, we've seen it. There's nobody that can argue, oh, yeah, he doesn't really. Nope. The last 15, 20 games, he seems to have adapted. Just like that in AAA. So what we were saying weeks ago or a month ago, whatever, when we said, oh, call this kid up or whatever. Because we felt like give him some time and he will he would eventually adapt and figure it out at this level too, right. because he was a necessity. Um, but and also to speak to your point, like listen, I'm not I can't argue with uh, anyone saying, hey, I don't want to trade Florial right now. And I think that's the situation that the Yankees have put themselves in because when you look at somebody like Florial, you're like, it's it's hard not to get like super excited about what he represents the athleticism, the glove out in center field, the hitting. And it, it's a lot, he represents a lot of things that we don't necessarily have on the major league roster right now. And to know that we have it being cultivated in our farm, it's a tantalizing idea. You, you don't really want to trade that away. So I can't really argue with anybody saying, I don't want to get rid of that guy right now. It's like, and especially it when he's You close. know what I mean? It depends. He's close. It depends on that type of deal. Because if you're getting somebody oh, who's yeah. controllable for years to come, then then yeah, of course you consider that deal. It hurts less. It hurts, it hurts less. 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 And you wanna and you wanna you don't necessarily wanna trade somebody with that type of talent for a rental or a, a year long guy where you know you got it for maybe one more year and that's it. You wanna yeah, no. if you, if you're gonna trade somebody with this level of talent, because again, Floriel's one of those guys that feel like he's been in the system forever. And he's never got here. He's only 23. So he's young yeah. for AAA. Mm-hmm. So to see him up there is amazing. Oswald Peraza, who you guys saw me talk about. This is a guy who's already knocking on the door of AAA. This, mm-hmm. Nobody expected this. We all knew what a talent he was. Everybody had that understanding that they have a young kid, Oswald Peraza, who's coming up, who a lot of people feel could be the shortstop of the future. 
Yeah. But this kid does everything. And I talked about in that video that I made, I said, man, the thing that is nice to have a guy like Oswald Peraza, if you don't eventually deal him for somebody who is, again, cost control, you cannot deal a Peraza for somebody who's going to be a rental. That that's To me, that's just that that's a bad one. Unless you win, then you win. But that that's a harder one to swallow. But a yeah. guy like Oswald Peraza makes it more easy, in a sense, to potentially deal for or deal a guy like a Glaber Torres because oh, he yeah. is a shortstop. His yep. rankings are are high up there for defense. He has a great arm. The every the one thing I love about him that you hear from everybody is they talk about his sense of baseball IQ. He knows mm. what he's doing. He thinks well in advance when he's in the field. And his power is now coming along. People project him to be, you know, 15 to 20 plus homer guy, 20 plus stolen bases, really mm. fast, good speed, smooth glove. You always hear that about him. The, the Yankees have legitimate prospects that I know for a fact. And I said this, right? If I were the Pirates or if I were the Indians, as you brought up, mm. hey, man, get me on the phone. If we make the right deal, give me those guys. Hell What's yeah. up? Let's, let's go. Yeah. Give me Floriel. Because you know what I could do if I'm the Pirates? They could struggle at this level. It don't matter. Yeah, they got matter. the perfect they got the perfect proving ground for guys like that right now. Bring so they up. love trades like this. this. Is what we were saying when we were speaking about uh, uh, Davy Garcia possibly being dealt, and people say, ah, well maybe you know because Davy he he's struggling right now at AAA. Yeah, but the potential is still there, and there's a million teams that feel like, oh no, this guy, hell yeah, I'll take a flyer on him because like Bring him up, bro. He's still ridiculously young. Right. And if, imagine if you're the Pirates, it's like. I could have him come up. I don't even have to send him to AAA. I could have him working this out now. here Facts. in the major league level. Like Facts. for all we know, he he figures it out here. Maybe he changes division, you know, facing different lineups or whatever. He might just figure it out at the major league level. But like there's teams that like don't have like that pressure of the window where yeah. they can do that. Yeah, so there's a lot of pieces in our farm that are enticing simply for that fact that it's just like there's teams that are better suited to like wait on some of these guys than yeah. the Yankees are. And I'm not, so they'll, and, make, it, and, they'll and, make those deals. Right, and we're not saying there's not other guys and other teams' prospects that, that can do the same thing, but yeah. if, if I'm the Pirates, man, I'm telling you, like like you said, I mean, if a guy like you, – let's just say somehow they make a deal, they end up getting Florio, whatever that deal is. They get a guy against Stephon Florio. He's hmm. likely immediately their starting center fielder or in left or, or even in right field. He's, he's immediately yeah. probably in that outfield somewhere. Yeah, You can make this dude literally struggle if he does for the rest of the year and even next year. And at some point, you say, we took the risk on it because of this. Whether it's going to really pay off, he's going to become, I think, an, a, a really, really good baseball player. Mm -hmm. Or he might be average, or he may end up a fourth outfielder. Who knows? But a team like the Pirates have that opportunity, especially even now with the Yankees. That's why I've been harping on this so much. You may not even need to go out there and trade for an outfielder. He might be that guy, but you never gave him that yeah. shot. And you haven't we've yet to give that. him that shot. And we've been saying that for the longest we've, time. We've been saying that. You Some of these see. guys could and save it, you from making these deals if you just gave him the shot. That's right. And the thing is, it's not like a guy like Floriel is like, well, we got unfortunately, we got to try to get him on the roster. Dude's already on it. He was already called up once this year, played one game, doubled, and then yeah. you send him back down. Yeah. So, same I mean, thing last season. Same thing last came season. Up double, he comes up. One double header, comes up. Hits. One hit. And gets sent back later. down. So... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of how confusing that stuff is, but the point I wanted to make here is how 
interesting this system is, right? So, Francis, I know you're, you're not going to be able to see this on the screen, so I don't know if you could pull it up on Twitter. I think you actually sent it to me. Here's mm. a 2022 lineup I'll pull done by, up. what is it, NJ, NJ.com. NJ.com. Who projected what the Yankees' 2022 opening day lineup is going to look like in their opinion. So I'm going to go over that, and then let's have a topic of discussion around that. They say the manager is going to be Raul Ibanez. Batting hmm. first will be the center fielder now, Cattell Marte. Second baseman, DJ LeMayu, playing first base. So they agree with us on the sense that LeMayu at first makes a lot of sense with the roster construction. Oh, yeah. Batting third is the shortstop, Kyle Sager. Fourth, Aaron Judge in right field. Fifth, Michael Conforto in left field. Sixth, Giancarlo Stanton is the H. Seventh, Gary Sanchez remains as the catcher. Eighth, Giovanni Urshela remains as the third baseman. And ninth, Glaber Torres remains at the club at second base. So you give me your thoughts on this process, on this, on this um, roster construction or lineup construction, I should say. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing for sure. It's super interesting. Um, I think the first thing that the both of us even said, like when when uh, when, when we were discussing it to bring it to the pod, was like Conforto. Like Conforto is such an interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting idea. He's an interesting player. And like, I, I'd i be lying if I told you like, oh yeah, I was thinking about Conforto in the off season. I wasn't right until I you. saw this here. And then I, now I'm just like, huh, is that the kind of deal that they make? And it's like, why does that feel like the kind of deal that Cashman makes? It just does. Like it makes, it makes sense. Like the guy's coming off a down year, whatever. Eh, I could see it. I could see it. But uh, yeah, initial, initial reaction was just like, this lineup is ridiculously balanced in terms of like, you know, like lefty righty, like contact with power and things like that. And it's a stark difference. Like there's, it's, it's very, very different from what we've been putting out the last couple of years. Um, so this lineup, if this were to come to fruition, it would be exactly what we've been saying Cashman needs to do if he's supposed to keep his job, which is admit defeat, admit that you, that you structured this team erroneously and you have to go back to the drawing board and redo it. And this is what it would look like. This is what I mean when I say that Cashman needs to admit defeat. Like, let go of what you got, what you put out there this year and last year, and go to a lineup that looks a little bit more like Cattell Marte leading off with DJ right behind him, which in my mind, you can go, you can switch those guys one or two either way, and right. I'm fine. Right. It could be DJ leading off, or it could be Cattell. I see they go Cattell, the switch hitter. Switch hitter, yes. Or he just left you. He just switched. Yeah. So I see, okay, you got a switch hitter, you, you lead him off. I get that. Okay, fine. But him and DJ back-to-back, -back, it's basically what we've been saying for however long now with the Adam Frazier deal. It's that we just we just want another guy I was just about who to can say hit that, the yep. ball that way at the top with DJ before you start getting to your judges and your Giancarlos. And it's like, yeah, let's get these, let's get some hitters like at the top for like, it's traditional in a sense. It's a little, it's a little old school. They're calling that now, which is crazy because I don't feel that old for that. Right, old me too. right, but right, but right. that's what it's become, right? Now, Corey Seager, I, I honestly like, I don't, I don't know that that's it's Corey Seager. I said Kyle, my bad. Oh yeah, Earlier. his brother. We, we just play, right. we just playing his brother. <laughs> but um, yeah. So Corey Corey Seager is a move that like. Personally, I'll tell you right now, I love Corey Seager. Right. Who could I, I mean, the guy's excellent. I really like Corey Seager. My whole thing is, before this season, you know, got underway, I, I didn't see the Yankees even entertaining the idea of signing a shortstop 
in this offseason. All right, I know that there's a plethora of shortstops. There's a lot of them, agency, right? There's a lot of them. I was just like, the Yankees aren't going to entertain it because, you know, they got Glaber there and they're comfortable with him there and whatever. I'll tell you one thing. Here on July 11th, that's, it's a completely different story now. And I can 1,000% see them dabbling in the market, especially if they do stay under the luxury tax threshold here at the deadline then there'll, there'll be no excuse not to spend in this offseason because you reset the tag, you whatever, like they got money coming off the books. They can definitely, I can definitely see them making a play for a guy like Corey Seager now. Whereas at the beginning of this year, I, w- I was telling people like, yeah, it's slim chance they go for a shortstop. Yeah. I can definitely see this. And if he is the guy, great choice. Yeah. Great, great, great choice. He's not going to be as expensive as, as some of the other guys, which is not a knock on him. I think he's a little older. And, um, you know, that again, that's not his fault, but um, that's going to cause his his price to be a little bit lower. Um, He is a lefty. So, again, we're bringing a a lefty, you know, batting shortstop. And we've we had a decent run with Didi. And I think I think Corey Seager is better than that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you do you worry about like, I don't know, like maybe like injuries and things like that? Yeah, that's always they happen. yeah, even even when guys even when guys are like healthy before they sign with the Yankees, like don't you always kind of like worry like of course this guy gonna come here and become flimsy? <laughs> yeah, of course. So like yeah, I don't know like, but yeah, I really I, I love that move and yeah, moving moving Torres back to second base could be could be his saving grace, could be. Yeah, I mean it could it could be um the whole thing for me when I'm looking at this lineup is. You, you still have so many options. That's why I said, man, I, I think we can talk about this topic for days and days and days and days and days and never get, excuse me, never get bored of the conversation because there's so many different ways they can go here. And that's why I think folks and Yankee fans specifically are so interested in this topic because, like you said at the beginning, uh, Cattell Marte is going to cost a lot of prospects, and he should. So he should never, like, no fan, don't start off with anything like, um, oh, we, we'll give Tyler Wade and, uh, no. We know that. Don't do not do that to yourself because it's going to hurt. So if, if you're playing a video game or something and, and you want it to be realistic, make it hurt. Make it hurt as a, as a sense of a fan because, look, if you're Arizona, you're having a bad year, and you got this gem, you got an absolute diamond. You got, oh yeah, you got Cattell Marte, who everybody would be like, yeah, let me let me get this dude. Is he available? Yeah, let, let's let's yeah. let's hook us up. It's not like, well, if he's available, we got to trade him to the Yankees. <laughs> That's no. not the case, you know. So he's gonna cost your top of your top. And folks, if they ask for a guy like Jason Dominguez, don't be shocked because they should, they should. That's who they should ask for. You know, yeah. he's under control for years and years to come. Somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, will give up a top prospect for him. There's no denying oh, that. Oh, hell yeah. Somebody will give up the best. The, the Cardinals might give up an, a, 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 a Gorman for him or, or a Libertore. Uh, Libertor. Um, he might, I put a little Italian flair on that name. Um, <laughs> he, he might He might give up, you know, teams will give up guys like that to get a guy in Marte. So it's not as easy said than done you know it's it's a lot easier said than done on on, on a guy like him that to, to make happen Seager like you said is going to be a free agent you go ahead and sign him Conforto makes a lot of sense here's why I'm going to put some um some tape of Michael on the screen here uh the first thing you see there too is he's hitting a home run at Fenway which is wonderful oh yeah but 
<laughs> he got a swing for Yankee Stadium. Yes, I know the numbers this year are ugly. They are ugly, ugly, ugly. His COVID year, he did very, very well. Um, I think he actually had a lot of injury this year also. I, I, I feel like he's been on the on the yeah, IL. He's been on the IL significant time. Yeah, I, th- I thought he's been. So he's he's had his injuries up and down. He is going to be a free agent. I yep. can't imagine him costing a lot at all. I can't, his, especially his, with the down year. Yeah, his arb his arbitration salary this year was twelve. Twelve point two. So with the down year from that, who knows? You're probably looking and and here's the other thing too, as Yankee fans, we gotta remember. The Yankees still got Aaron Hicks, whether you believe it or not. You know what I mean? They still got Aaron Hicks. Oh, if only we could trade him somewhere. Aaron Hicks is still a Yankee. So yes, I do believe Aaron Hicks is tradable. I do believe that contract's tradable. The Yankees oh, yeah. are obviously going to have to probably add a prospect to that deal and add some money to move it, but I don't think there's any way if you're Brian Cashman, which then again, if you're Brian Cashman, I can actually see the way, but if you're a logical fan, I, I don't know how you keep Hicks in this lineup or you're like, yeah, let's leave him there, that's fine. I, I, I don't see that happening. I don't think Hicks should even be considered as a regular when you got so many options here. Now again... The Yankees do need a center fielder and a left fielder. So there's the potential they say, well, you know, if we hold on to a guy like Floriel, we can still maybe hold on to Hicks and put him in left or center and and, and see how it pans out. Because there's still options there. You're still paying him. So yep. you gotta see it in that sense, right? You're still you're still paying the guy money, uh, ten million a year, if you can't move him. You're not gonna just, just leave him somewhere. You gotta figure out something that works for him. Yeah. Um, whether that ends up being a fourth outfielder, oh well. Or whether that ends up being a platoon guy, oh well. That That's the way it's going to have to go for a little bit, and, and that's all on Brian Cashman. But oh, that's yeah. why I said it's so important now for him to amend those mistakes, like you said, and admit to certain things not working or being wrong. Um, but again, if you go back here, I like the idea of Michael Conforto in left field. He has a really strong arm um, in the outfield also, which helps. Glaber Torres, I'm still in the air about. I think a lot of fans are. And again, it's not just because he's had a a a up and down year. The power has seemed to just gone away. The hard contact is not there. A lot there's a lot of struggle, right, with a guy like Glaber that we're seeing this year. That's scary. He's played yeah. a better, I think, shortstop than people give him credit for. I think he's been oh, yeah. pretty decent at shortstop, undeniably. But I'm still not sold on Glaber. And I, I still think if there's a way to get value out of Glaber Torres, if a team is willing to offer some top guys for him, or maybe he's a part of a pitcher, a, a package for a, a, a very solid starting pitcher, I still think you could really make that argument, especially if you get a guy like Adam Frazier, mm-hmm. who you know you got him locked up next year for arbitration. He'll be back next year if you if you sign him, if you trade for him. Yeah, you can always move DJ LeMayu to first base. I think I think most people with logic is like that's probably where he ends up anyway. Yeah, just because he has so much, so many years under his belt, and you want to keep him off his feet, off of worrying about range too much. You want him to focus on on hitting, right? And putting him at first base, he still has smooth hands. That doesn't go anywhere. Range will dwindle, but I don't think his 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 smooth hands will ever change. I think he's gonna be no. he'll be a very good first baseman. Yeah, so and, and he's and he's he's not a small guy, so the frame is also there. So yeah. we got everything to be a good first baseman. Yeah. So with all that being said, 
the reason we bring stuff like that up is because it's so damn interesting for oh, where yeah. this club is, right? It's very, very interesting on where they can go. And I throw at you one more topic uh, for today before we, we wrap this one up. We now have word that a big club is going to be selling. And that club is the Chicago Cubs. As I throw some uh, video on the screen here of a lot of very good Cubs players who are likely going to be traded. The first one on the screen really has to intrigue the Yankees. And that is the one, the only Italian native, Anthony Rizzo. Love that Italian last. There's so many Rizzos out there. But Anthony, Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo, The Rizzo. The Rizzo boys. Anthony Ah. Rizzo as a Yankee. What are your thoughts on that? And is that a deal that if they they call the Yankees and go, hey, hey, baby. I don't know why they talk like this, but for some reason they would. Hey, baby. Got a deal, B Cash. Hey. <laughs> Got a deal, baby Brian, baby. Hey, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about uh, Rizzo? You like him? We like Comes him. Comes with a deep dish, you know what I'm saying? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. I what what can I say about Anthony? Like I, I to me it's a, it would be a dream scenario. I which is why I'm like like could that even happen? Like whatever, like I, I don't know. Like I would love Anthony Rizzo on the Yankees. They, decent you know a decent guy at first base but i mean like first of all clubhouse presence ridiculous uh so like freaking like-hearted everything like he's keeps the vibes good in that dugout like you leader see leader just exuberates off him doesn't exactly it? like the team the team loves him like i can't you can you imagine pairing a guy like that with aaron judge like awesome. come on like that those two guys together like that might be like maybe ne- n- neither one of them is going to be like that one leader that like we've been dying for but the two of them together for sure is how it could um, and then, yeah, that, that swing, that lefty bat. Yeah. It looks like it was made for Yankee stadium and it, it would be a nice injection into a team that looks like it was crafted to play in a different park. <laughs> but, um, when you add a guy like that, it's like, Whoa, now I, now I can start to see it. Um, definitely would be a dream scenario. Um, for sure. 100%. I do want to correct. I fact, I fact checked something. Uh, I said, cause I was like, Oh, Corey Seager's a little bit older than the other guys. I mixed him up with somebody. Seager's he's around the same age as all the other shortstops coming out in the, in the free agency this year. Right. So, so yeah. maybe, maybe one of the older shortstops would be a um, Brandon Crawford. Who's also a possible. Right. And I think story, I think story back. is older than the other guys. Story, I think story is 33. I want to say. Okay. Yeah. That, and I think that's what messed me up. That story story is older older than the other guys so i was just like ah i was like okay maybe that's the one i missed but i did i just wanted to like c- c- confirm that and you were right i think you were right about kluber i thought i thought kluber had an option for next year but he doesn't well actually so just... we're, we're both we're both very wrong about story story's only 28 oh my god so he's also <laughs> around the same age yeah he's also only 28 Dang, so that yeah i guess i was just thinking about Crawford. i don't know why but i was like out of the crop of short stuff that are coming out this year there was like one that I was like, oh, he's older, like already, like tw- I thought like 29 or almost 30 or whatever, but I, I'm wrong. Um, yeah, so I, anyway, I just wanted to like clear that up for the people that are going to listen and be like, oh, you were wrong about that. Like, nah, whatever. But yeah, um, I could definitely see, um, I could definitely see Rizzo fitting right into this lineup. I think he'd be great. He'd be an injection of life to the lineup. Um, dream scenario, honestly, dream scenario. Um, do I what's the what's the likelihood that i think this happens not because the cubs aren't selling but because my faith in our front office is so low i would i would have it right now at like 30 percent chance and the only reason it's that high is because 
like they've made it super obvious very early on that they're going to be sellers. Yeah, right. They have. So, it's gonna, so teams are going to be calling already and, and getting going. Yeah. And the other two got, I think there's three more guys I have on the screen that are coming up. The first one already passed is um Kyle Hendricks. Oh yeah. Is one guy, no doubt about it. Javier Baez is a, another guy. And then the last one I have on there is Contreras, who kind of already said, hey, if we rebuilding, trade me. Like, you know, he's, he's already <laughs> right. came out and said, look, I'm not, I'm not looking to play on a club that's rebuilding. Oh, there's one yeah. more name, too, that makes sense, too, is uh, Craig Kimbrell, who is actually yeah. who's doing well this year. Yeah. So there, there's a few options out there for teams, not just the Yankees, obviously, to, mm-hmm. to look to make – Make a deal because, again, when a team says they're selling, you, of course, look at who's going to be a free agent, what players are out there. And for the Cubs, they got some good ones. <laughs> they got some oh, good yeah. ones. They got some good ones. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I didn't really play around with that little trade value side or I haven't even sent these text messages to see if I get any responses on what a deal could look like. I haven't done none of that with any of these guys, and maybe I will for like a Rizzo because I think Rizzo, if you look at everybody on that team, a Rizzo and a Hendricks probably make the most sense, right? Yeah. For who to trade for. I would say those are the two that make the most sense, yeah. Because you can argue Contreras and 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 Gary aren't really having much different offensive seasons. Gary's probably having a little better, I think. Yeah, it's about it's about, it's about the same. I it mean, is rough. I think they have about like what 13 plus homers right around there. Yeah. They're still batting in the 230s, 220s. Gary's yeah. been really struggling again here as of late. But yeah. um you know, something the like argument that. argument there would be defense. The argument there would be the defensive defense. upgrade, I think. Yeah, That's the defensive upgrade is the main thing. Yeah. And um, overall, do you really want to pay for that right now? That, I think, is the big question. I don't think that's an, a major area of need. Because one no. thing you got to remember, the tandem that the Yankees have put together of people, people always want to put these two, you know, against each other. But they got, what, 20 homers together something along the lines of Higgy and Gary. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. You know, people yeah. people don't see that. They don't look at the position. They look at the player. They look at the player. they yeah. look at the, oh, well, who's catching Cole and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. let's look at the numbers as a whole from the rest of the league. They're yeah. doing really good offensively. And they've improved yeah, from defensively what, from, also. From the cat from the catcher's position this year, we've, we've actually gotten decent. Uh, decent, not crazy, but decent offensive output and the reason i say that is because if you look around the league at what most teams are getting from the catching position is they're not they're not getting nothing zilch or yeah, whatever. we got a, we got a backup teams. catcher like, at least homers you know what i mean he yeah hit the ball like, out. come on you got you know you got your you got your real you get your real mutos and you got your uh you know buster posey's having a resurgence which is crazy like he's yeah. having a renaissance here in san francisco but i mean Outside of that, maybe another, maybe one other guy. Like nobody's really having that much production. So what the Yankees have been able to put together with Higgy and Sanchez, I actually have to applaud them for that. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm right there Not with bad. you. You know, um, even even if you know uh, Gary goes on a hot streak right now, I think he's. I put his numbers up the other day. He's, and and, and I, I wanted to make a point of this because you know people saw me do that and right away. They go to oh well, look, you know. Right away, you're hating. It's not hating on Gary Sanchez. I'm bringing out a point. I did the same thing with Glaber and a few others. The thing about Gary Sanchez, I even admitted this. I said, even though he's struggling, he still looks better. He yeah. still looks better. His at-bats still look better. He doesn't look lost. 
Like before. <laughs> before he looked lost. It was like he was going up there like, man, I, I just want to get a – I can't even put the damn bat on the ball at this yeah. point. Like, I'm, I'm gone. Looked, yeah, there were times where, as fans, we're looking at him and we're wondering, like, is he ever going to snap out of it? Yeah, it didn't look like it, right? So it looked gone. like he was yeah. done. Like there was nothing yeah. really left of Gary Sanchez, which is kind of scary. Right now, you're 100 percent right. He doesn't he doesn't look like that. He just looks like he's slumping, but he doesn't yeah. look lost. Right. So yeah. I mean, you, you look at you look at again all the the projections and and all this fun stuff going forward. We got a big deadline coming up. Um, we're not gonna specifically talk about that now because we're gonna have the. Um, the uh, Knights at the Roundtable um, talk during the offseason here. That's going to definitely hit on trades, and that's going to pick up here really soon. So this is a very exciting time of the season. And I can argue this is one of the biggest deadlines in Brian Cashman's career. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it, because one of two things, again, is going to happen. The Yankees are going to keep contending, as they've shown here in these last couple of games before the before the All-Star break that they're still fighting them, whether they don't hit a lot. The offense is definitely a problem. That's so obvious. It's easy to oh, yeah. tell. The offense is seriously a concern. Um, but they're either going to go out and buy, or if they really fall off the map, they'll end up selling some pieces, or as we said, retooling. Yeah. And whether we think Brian Cashman is that guy or not, this is a serious, serious uh, deadline for him and the Yankees. Oh, that's, it can't be understated. I mean, I see a lot of people, you know, saying that oh, it's not, you know, this team isn't a contender. It's the season's over. It's just like, all right, yeah, I get it. They've played terrible this year. They've given us a lot of reason to like be down in the dumps about it and like be like, you know, really, really upset and disappointed in this team. But let's not kid ourselves either. The New York Yankees are a, a business. And if your business currently sits three and a half games out of the second wild card spot, you're not not considering considering yourself a contender. Like I'm sure right now as mad or whatever as how could be, which I don't know how mad he really is. <laughs> he looks at, he looks at the wild card standings and says, eh, we got a shot though. We got a shot. And if we make it to the wild card game, right. And we got Garrett Cole. I like our chances. So that means we can make it at least to the ALDS. And if we make it to the ALDS, I was, it's the same as if we won the division. So we're back in the divisional series. Like if they if they find a way to get to the wild card and get into the ALDS, I'm sure in Hal's mind is just like, yeah, like it, we went in an unconventional way. This is not the way we planned on getting here, but we got here. Yeah. And so the right. way they're sitting right now, I'm telling you, whether you fans believe it or not, ownership in the front office is looking at this team right now as a contender. Yeah, of course. So, it's, a, it's going to be a very interesting deadline of because course. it's like, okay, if this is how you see this team and you say they can, we can seriously make a run at that second spot. We just got to leapfrog, you know, like Seattle or other whatever, like, but we can do that. It's like, yeah, it's possible, but you're definitely going to need some reinforcements. hundred percent. I think that that goes without saying. And that's all it's going to come down to. So, I mean, at a very exciting time. A huge start from Cole. Good series. The Yankees are about to get going in a few hours from the time we're recording this um, to face to go game three. Looking for the sweep tonight. So tonight, uh, in a few hours, afternoon, they're looking for the sweep again, man. And um, it is what it is. It, it's it, it's an exciting time of the year. We'll see what the Yankees do. But um, but for me, again, the most important. Deadline coming up here for Brian Cash and a big, big, um, a, a big time moving forward to see the moves that are made. 
But just a couple of quick updates too. We will have um, Knights at the Round Table. I'll shoot that over to you guys soon. We'll, we'll come up with a time and that's going to work for everybody. Um, oh, by the way, I want to talk about this real quickly. Good job, Denver Police and Denver um, uh, Hotel uh, Maid who went into the room and found all those weapons. Um, that's absolutely terrifying. That That's really oh. scary. Um, thank, thank God for her, seriously, because who knows what the plan was there. I mean, just absolutely sickening, scary. And as a precaution, I really wish MLB just moves the game back to Georgia. I know that's impossible and you can't do it that quickly, and I understand that. But, yeah. man, just absolutely scary. Stay safe, everybody going there. Um, you know, uh, uh, be alert, be on the lookout for anything. Uh, hopefully, we um, a scary situation was stopped um, yeah. well ahead of time because who the hell knows what this psycho had in mind. Um, it's but a it was shame, definitely man. nothing good. It was definitely yeah, nothing it's, good. It, 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 it's a shame, man. I mean, not to make light of the situation, but I saw that and I was, for my first thought was just like, you don't need that many weapons to get Manfred, bro. Like, <laughs> Like, you're not gonna need it's not gonna take that much like i'm like there's no way you, you want to get any of these other guys my man on. you can you can use a slingshot what, what yeah you it's like i know you weren't gonna put a piece of tape you, around you the guy love the players come on put a piece but of no, tape in all, around in all serious in all seriousness uh def, definitely a good good call we should definitely salute salute that maid salute that staff um great work um and yeah, like it's it just it just sucks, man. That we're we're, we're living, you know, in times like this where these things continue to happen consistently, yeah. and it's yeah. just like ah, whatever. But not for nothing, right? And not not to go all political on you guys, but I'm just I think it's I think it's something to note, right? Like a lot of people thought, oh, this is only something that's been happening, you know, the four years that a certain president was in office. Well, yeah, right. These things are still happening. No, it's guys, still this happening. Um, this like much. Look, much deeper issue here. right there's there's, not, there's cycles all around sitting it's not just about the sitting president guys right. like there's a much deeper there's much deeper things at play here so right i can't i can't safe. god forbid if something were to happen i would i could never blame a president for that you know what i mean no matter who's in like, yeah i could oh, i could God, hate this happened to me because of you yeah, the, no i mean not at all i mean, I mean it, the gas scary. prices yes Oh yeah, the gas, gas, gas certain <laughs> certain things you you certainly can blame certain presidents yeah. for. Same thing with previous presidents and presidents now. You can blame a lot of things on yeah. who's who's there. Um, but stuff like that, I, I just want to say this because this past year I've actually gone through something I never thought I could go through, which is mental trouble. Which mm. is actually there was a point, and I, I'm I'm open to sharing this stuff so much more now because I've actually lived it. I'm like, damn, I feel bad for people who really suffer. I don't, so I'm not mm. on that level. But guys, there was a time where I was questioning if I was going crazy or not. Like there was one time where after everything I went through, I, w I felt like I was having a, a, an attack. And I mm. told my fiance, I'm getting mad. And she's like, are you okay? Like, what do you mean mad? I said, I don't know if I can control myself, so leave the room. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she's mm. like, are you, she's, you know, my, we've been together forever. She's like, you're not going to do shit. Like, calm down. Mm. Like, you're okay. There was a time in my mind, I thought, I wasn't going to be able to control what actions I was about to take. That's terrifying. That's yeah. scary. So oh, yeah. the point I'm trying to make here is I've been a gun owner for ages. I've never thought of shooting anybody ever, mm. ever. I know all my friends are, are have guns, ARs, whatever you think of that's, oh my God, they're so evil. Mm -hmm. It takes a crazy person to do something, to think of doing something this bad. It didn't, no, it didn't sure. take the, the gun, okay? It, people hit people with cars, right? They're nuts. They say, I'm going to run through exactly. a crowd with a car. Yeah. So I'm not making this a political thing. What I'm trying to say is 
the mental aspect of these things need to be discussed. Because that's, that, that, that's the issue. biggest issue. That's you know, the heart of the issue. It's 100% the heart of the issue. The heart of the issue. Luckily for me, I, I, and again, I like to share this because I, I went through a very hard time and it's still times where now I'm like, I'm fighting it, I'm getting better and, and I'm, doing, I'm doing well. I got friends that messaged me, said, PD, yeah, I've been on all these prescriptions and all this and I feel like I've gotten worse. Or some of them say, I feel like I've gotten better. My doctor wanted to put me on, on all these different drugs. And I, I remember asking him, I said, I said, but doc, I never had this issue before. Like, why am I going to be on all these drugs for? For what reason? Side effects are blindness, this, that. I'm like, what whoa, the whoa, hell? Yeah. For what? I'm like, <laughs> for, no. For, God, I you, might, you might become depressed. I'm like, no, I live a great life. I'm, I'm, I love my life. I love my kids. I love my, my, my wife. No, oh, no way. And I'm like, and he goes, well, you know, you could also do it behaviorally. And I'm like, yeah, that, I'll do meditation. I don't care. I'll do meditation for hours yeah. before I'm that taking this stuff. <laughs> because like someone, oh, it might change your attitude. So you mean one day I could pop these things for a while and all of a sudden I want to attack people? Like that's yeah. scary. No, you don't mess with the chemicals in your brain if you ask me. That is, there is 100% times where you have to. And it helps people. Yeah. People that got chemical imbalance, there is things that help you. So by yeah. all means, listen to your doctor. Don't, I'm not a doctor. Don't take my advice. Yeah. I'm just telling you it worked for me. So I bring that story up because I just want to say I, I'm, I'm very concerned about mental health in this country and in the world overall. And I think that's something that we got to put a bigger focus into than just saying, oh, my God, this guy had guns. You know, what, what's the background aspect of this person wanting to do this? That, to me, is, exactly. is, is more of a conversation. But thankfully, he was stopped. Hopefully, fingers crossed that everything goes well. At the All-Star game, we have an awesome game. We have a really nice derby shaping up. Mm -hmm. um, and also, too, one more thing for the Atlanta Braves fans. Ronald Acuna, get better, my friend. That sucks. Facts. That, oh, man, when I saw that, I was like, this is like, I can't imagine. Like, I, I've been complaining a lot as a Yankee fan. A lot of, all of us have. Um, but if you have Atlanta Braves fans, like, you know, around you and in your do. vicinity. Yeah, I do. Hey, extend, extend, extend a helping hand. Like, give, give them a hug. Trust me when I tell you, they, they've actually had it worse than us this season. Oh, yeah. And this, and this with Acuna is just like the icing on the cake. It's, I feel so bad for them. Acuna definitely get, get, you know, get, get well soon, bro. Like one of the most electric players in the game, the game's better when he's playing when oh, he's yeah. on the field. So yeah, man, prayers up for him. I hope, I mean, getting carted off the field in baseball is always like, so, Scary. you know, like when you Sucks. see that in baseball, it's bad. like, oh man, you know, it's, bad. it's very rare yep. that a baseball player can at least be carried off or like walk off on their own volition. So the fact that he had to be carted, I was just like, oh man, uh, sorry, big blow, big blow to the Braves and Big blow to the know. game overall. It's it's yeah. It sucks. So that's, so that's, yeah. Um, he was having a good year. Yeah, and 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 a and a really classy organization the Atlanta Braves are. You know, and they're yes. always contending. They always have. They just have a very very sol solid and sound system and and just overall right. organization. They do it right, and yeah. they would they would have won they would have won a chip in the nineties if it wasn't for you know greatness up here in the Bronx. But well, you know, if it wasn't for overrated Derek Jeter, I mean, you know that. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. The problem is they ran into this team that had this guy who did nothing but hit singles. <laughs> just just you know just three thousand four hundred and sixty five of them, and uh, yeah, you do they, that. They couldn't figure him out. They sixth all time on sixth all time on the hits list, but you know, I mean, that those are who give, who looks at those the most hits all time is the New York Yankees, greatest sports <laughs> organization in the world. All that's overrated. It was That's, singles. It's all singles. Singles. It, it sucks. It's OPS. Look at his OPS. He sucks. Come on, what are you talking about? He's the worst defensive player ever. Worst, worst player oh. in the history of sports. It doesn't matter. We should make a shirt. Actually, we should definitely make a shirt. I love singles. and put like stripper money all over right. it. Right. Jeter on it. Like, I love singles. What are you, 
What are these people talking about? I mean, man? It's, it's, what has he got? Captain. Six of them? What has he got? Six of them? <laughs> got five, six of them, whatever he got. Five, I think five. Five? Right? Yeah, he got five. He got five. Come on. He got five. He's even above. He's even above our good friend Ozzy. So it is what it oh, is. Man. All right, folks. So for another episode of the one, the only designated spitters, I am at Simonetti Source. Follow me too, but definitely keep following this guy right here at One Francis Lee. That's right. Follow Francis Lee. Remember, guys, our best episode is the next episode. Check us out. Bingo. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys again very soon. Thank you.